When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry Wakes right to the last. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. I'm Richard Cracknell. On an evening that Spurs uh, were in a game that looked as disastrous as Jose's puffer trousers to begin with and then ended up as comfortable as those slippers that are under the tree waiting for you to open in a couple of days' time. Um, yes, Spurs winning 3-1 this evening. Should have been 1-4 because we all know that all the best quarterfinals in the League Cup finish 1-4, don't they? Down the road, talking to you lot, Woolwich. <laughs> anyway, joining me again this evening or today, depending on when you're listening to this. I don't know, maybe you're doing the washing up, maybe you're out on a run. Who knows? Maybe you're at work. Who knows? We have, of course, Jamie B via the Daily Hotspur. Jamie, hello, mate. Yes, good evening. Um, yeah, obviously through to the semi-finals of the League Cup, so that's really, really pleasing. Obviously, the big reason why we did get Jose Mourinho in to kind of end that wait for a trophy. So, um, yeah, really, really happy that we're through. Um, I think it's becoming a bit of a saying now. It was really, it was just getting the job done tonight. Um, but I, I did think there was real moments of we did look professional. Um, so I was just very happy with how we went about getting the job done. We did make it relatively simple in the end. Obviously, we had the bit in the second half where we made it quite tricky for ourselves, but I think overall it was uh, it was fairly comfortable, actually. So, yeah, I think it was a pleasing evening for Spurs. Great stuff. Second in the lineup. He's been in the engine shed, stoking the fire. Stoking the fire, I said. Did you hear that? Stoke, stoke, oh, please yourselves. Stoking the fire of his engine, 
He's out on the tracks. He's back online. It's the one, the only Mr. Lee McQueen. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. And what I've got, to, what I've got to say is that you know I found the coal. The the wood that I found last week worked. I threw loads of uh, ex foraging uh, foraging from the Christmas trees cutoffs. Threw it all in now, and we've come out of a three-one win. So the train is back on track. It's crazy as ever, and I'm sure we'll get into it. And finally, joining us. Oh, can you smell that? Can you smell that? It smells like Wembley. It smells like trophies. It's within touching distance. Trophies are coming. I'm sure this man will tell us all about it. Mr. Chris Callin. Well, we're only 90 minutes away now from a Carabao Cup final. We are two wins away from lifting our first trophy in almost 13 years. Surely this has got to be Tottenham season. You know, I've got a really good feeling about it. You know, it wasn't the best performance, but we don't talk about performances in cup games. It's all about getting the result. Tottenham certainly done that tonight, and I'm absolutely delighted that Tottenham are in the uh, the final four. And of course, the draw will be later on. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so Spurs this evening, tricky, tricky place to go, as uh, someone always says, uh, uh, which Winksy said at the end of the game as well. He went with that tricky place to go. And of course, wet Wednesday night in December, Stoke. Oh, it was like we were saying in the last show. It's what the meme was made about, wasn't it? But we've gone up there, turned out a team. We went a little bit stronger this time. Loris in gold, Doherty, Sanchez, Dyer and Davies, Hoiberg, Winks, Deli, Lucas, Bell and Kane. So a start for Deli and a start for Bell. So I'll come to you, Jamie. That lineup, uh, did that surprise you? Because it looked a little bit stronger than we thought he might have gone tonight. No, no, look, it's the quarterfinals of a cup and Spurs desperately need a trophy. I'm sure that one of the, as we said, one of the reasons that Jose Mourinho was brought to the football club, I'm sure Daniel Levy is desperate to do is win that trophy now. So um, I, I'm not surprised that we went with a, a number of strong players tonight. Um, but yeah, it was all about just getting the job done. We didn't want to let any kind of, I think we've seen in the Europa League where we've had those some of those performances where we've changed pretty much the whole eleven, and it just hasn't clicked. So, you know, we wanted players in there that we knew were going to be able to go and do the job tonight. So I was really pleased to see Kane in the team, Loris in the team. And I think we've seen in previous years, you know, when we've left out the likes of Kane and, and maybe gone with a, uh, a lesser side, then we've, we've, you know, we've had troubles in the past. So I'm really pleased to see that Jose's properly going for it. Um, but obviously, I'm sure we'll get onto the debate about when to rest Kane. But um, yeah, I think tonight was was the right moment to use him because we all desperately want that trophy now. And obviously, as we said, got the job done. So I think that that's the main thing. OK, Chris, coming to you, uh, straight into the point on Gareth Bell and uh, at Hubsy 85 and at Eddie Gomez 83. And a few others as well. And thank you once again for sending in all your questions and points in. And we will get through a fair few of them. Bell seemed to be playing more of a central attacking role. Almost gone into that Teddy Sheringham role. And he, where he maybe lacks a little bit of speed in this Bell 2.0 that we've now got. He's certainly got the goal. And we saw that with that. Beautiful deaf flick header for, for, for the goal, as I said, to come in. And uh, is there a little bit of room in this team for Bell playing in that position? Definitely. Why not? You know, we've missed that Christian Eriksen type player since Christian Eriksen left. And you, we all saw, you know, and all know how many assists that he got in a, in a Tottenham shirt. 
Um, we all know what Gareth Bale can do. We all know, you know, the excitement that that he brings. And, you know, hopefully he will get back to, uh, you know, the type of player and uh, and the fitness that we expect and, and we want him to be at. But, you know, absolutely delighted that he got the goal today. Um, you know, it was a really, really good finish. A great ball in from Harry Winks. Um, and, and Gareth Bale scores these types of goals and has done for the last, you know, X amount of years. You know, he knows, he knows how to uh, put the ball in the net. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we do see a lot more of Gareth Bale because his, his fitness has been an issue since he's he signed for Spurs, you know, in the summer. Um, but it's all now, you know, about the future and adapting himself into this team. And, you know, a player like that will want to be in Jose Mourinho's starting eleven week in, week out in these Premier League games. Of course, he's played a lot of cup games so far for Tottenham this season. Um, but it is now all about getting those, um, you know, those Premier League um you know, starts in, in the side. But when you look at someone like Hunmin Son on the bench tonight, um, you know, it just goes to show that Tottenham have really, really good options. You know, Tottenham have great options. You know, Gareth Bale, even being a half-fit Gareth Bale, he, he, he still delivers. He, still, he, he can still grab an assist. He can still grab a vital goal. Um, but I was absolutely delighted that he got the goal. I know he only lasted 45 minutes, but, you know, let's hope that the second half of the season, or certainly from January onwards, that he gets a lot more game time. Yeah, absolutely. With you all the way there, Chris, that's for sure. Lee, uh, coming to you on Gareth Bell. So do you think Jose still might be wrapping him up for the second half of the season at the business end because he's been there and done it? Or is this a fitness issue? How do you see uh, Gareth Bale this evening and for the rest of this season? Yeah, I think he's going to have a important um, part to play, uh, to be honest, in, in, in the rest of the season. As we all know, um, now we're in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. It's another fixture that we've got to play. Hopefully, it'll be another two um, in this uh, in this competition. Um, and it goes deep now, doesn't it? Because uh, EFL have just changed the cup final date from normally February, traditionally February. So you can get one in the bag early doors. It's now in April, uh, which, you know, is a bit of a classic from a from a Spurs perspective. Because I, I think we'd have all liked to get in the bag for February and, and kick on from there. Um, although I have to say, it didn't happen last time around when we won the Cabell, uh, when we won whatever it was called, the Carlin Cup. I think we won it under Ramos and we was like bottom in, in having a shocker. So... Um, uh, nonetheless, um, there's going to be more games, which is fantastic, um, which is what we all want. And I think Gareth Bale will play a key part. Uh, you know, there is a few people writing him off. There's a few people quite, kind of saying, no, he's not the same person. It, look, he isn't. He isn't the same person. Uh, he's not the, the afterburner Gareth Bale that we had before. But you've also got to remember, he got hot another uh, 45 minutes tonight. But I think if you total that up, like I said, on many pods, and we had a really good discussion about it about three, four pods ago, if you total up the amount of uh, minutes that he's played, probably in the last two years, I think it amounts to something like six or seven games, maybe maximum 10 games saying two years. That's not a lot of football. Uh, most individuals need to have 10 games just to get back on uh, back on track, uh, you know, and that's in, in a run of 10 games, let alone 10 games in two years. So, and uh, I hasten to add that some of them games would have been in different league, in a different league in terms of La Liga. So I think he's got a big part to play, but look, let's be brutally honest. Well, I'm going to dress it up. Um, He's definitely a different Gareth Bale than the one we had at White Hart Lane the first time, man. That, that's for sure. But he, I, I do think that uh, he, he can add add something. Um, and again, just uh, you know, just to kind of, I suppose, kick off my part of the show, uh, just having a look here at some of the some of the key stats. So some people saying we didn't play very well, got the job done. 
I thought we played very well. I thought we played really professionally tonight. We had Stoke give us nothing to worry about whatsoever in the first half. All they did was 11 fouls. That's literally what they did. They had no shots, no shots on target, no block. They had no corners. They didn't get out of their half. They, you know, didn't worry us one iota. And, you know, as a Tottenham fan, this is probably a big statement, but I was not worried once tonight. Not once. Even when they equalised, weren't bothered. I knew for a fact we was going to win the game. No problem at all. Um, and uh, and look, and the, the stats prove it. You know, twelve shots, six on target, sixty-seven percent possession. That pleased a lot of people with uh, the posi- We had the football tonight. Crackers. We had the football. So loads of people well happy with that. Um, six hundred forty-nine passes. What I'm very actually happy with, and it's a stat that I've been starting to really take note of, is our passing accuracy. 84% tonight. And I have to say, like, so, you know, on average, that's in some of the Premier League games recently we've lost as well. 60, 65%, 68% passing accuracy. So that's obviously gone up, championship side and all that sort of stuff. But the key thing here, Crackers, and you said at the top of the show, can we do it on a wet, windy Wednesday night at Stoke? <laughs> yeah, baby. SFs, here we come. <laughs> There was one stat, I don't know if this made it into your blue book, Lee, and uh, I, I really love this when I see this come the up. The Bell one, the Bell one. The Bell scoring in consecutive games now in the League Cup. Uh, his last one before tonight, have you got that written down or do you want it? I, I, have, I have got it if you want it. I, I've got go, to get the credibility. The WhatsApp group said it's one, I think Laura said it as well, but it was Norwich uh, in 2012. Correct, yes. Eight nice. years and 53 days ago, he scored at Norwich 2012 and then scored again tonight. That's uh, as that he's throwing up some amazing stats from about 1.0 to 2.0, like that, isn't he? It's interesting as well. And the 1.0, 2.0 thing as well, if you look at it. Um, you know, how many minutes he's actually played uh, equate to how many actually games he's played equate to the amount of time he's been back at the football club. Uh, and everybody, you know, it's, it took Tungo and Dembele to, uh, 18 months to get involved. Do you know what I mean? And like Gareth Bauer ain't been in this league for a long period of time and so, and so on and so forth. He's got, uh, he's got the, a, a real, real telling goal at Brighton, uh, which basically arguably won us the three points. He's got a telling goal tonight. He's got a couple of assists under his belt. You know, I don't think that people are sort of saying there's a lot of issue about it and they're expecting him to come on and score hat-tricks and score world-class goals and all that sort of stuff. You know, he hit the bar the other day, didn't he, um, In the uh, with an amazing free kick, which was basically a goal. I know it was a tapping for for Big Vinny, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, he created that goal. So, uh, you know, and, and like Chris, uh, as you said, Chris, you know, he's doing that at, what, 50 60% or maybe, maybe 70 80% fit now. But if he's doing that now, you know, mark my words, he's got, match winner in him. Um, and when it comes to these big trophy moments, when it comes to these massive games that we're going to be playing in the final of the Europa League, in the final of the Carabao Cup, when we get to the semi-finals of the FA Cup and somebody needs to stand up, you, you mark my words, Gareth Bale is going to be there ma- making it happen. So I've got absolute confidence in him. Don't write him off um, at all. He's, uh, um, he's up there. And, and I think, you know, it suits him being written off. People are looking at him going, yeah, don't really fancy him, whatever. Like in terms of opposition, it, it come back. Don't you worry about that. Excellent stuff. Um, I'm just going to I'll just have a look at some of the players that maybe didn't pull up trees tonight or players that may just be coming under the spotlight a little bit, Jamie. And at Richard 13, John, um, he's, he's pointed out Lucas again. Lucas Mora, no shots, no assists. 
Um, is is it a worry? I mean, he should have been really dictating a lot of the game tonight against a, you know an average Stoke team, but he just didn't look at the races again tonight, did he? It just it's not happening for him this season. Yeah, I I find it quite difficult for some of these players in terms of how they're getting played in the side. I think when you kind of you're rotated in and out, you're not playing regularly. Um, I think that that can be very difficult. I think that can be very difficult to get consistency. I think that lowers your confidence when you're not getting in the team. So, you know, he's getting really these opportunities and maybe lesser sides. Obviously, tonight's not full strength, so he's not in a full strength side. Um, so I think that it's a very difficult circumstances for him. Um, last season, even when he was maybe playing in our stronger teams, I think there were certainly question marks over what he contributed to the team. I think um, I remember Jason, uh, one of our own, bringing up a lot about his link-up play with other players just wasn't quite good enough. And um, But I think right now I do sympathise with him a bit because he's in a very difficult squad position. As I said, it's not, not regular game time. He's not playing with uh, our top players. And I'm sure his confidence will be certainly not from that. So, um, yes, it's frustrating, but I certainly think you can kind of sympathise with him a bit and, and, and understand that he is in a difficult situation at the moment. But, you know, that, in a way, that's not good enough. For a top team, we need players to be coming in and delivering each week. So as much as maybe I could sympathise with his situation, you know, he, he's, a, he's a professional. He needs to be able to come in and contribute. So um, there is definitely a frustration there because you feel as though he's got the talent to, to be a really good player. You think that Lucas Moura coming in tonight should be able to go and rip apart Stoke City or a team that's in, you know, in the championship. But I thought it was a disappointing performance from Lucas Moura tonight. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's certainly frustrating, definitely frustrating his performance tonight for me, for sure. Chris, coming to you 35 minutes in on my notes, I've put the uh, Stoke look poor. And as Lee pointed out, they, they did look poor and we did look in, in trouble, to be honest. I said, but we need a buffer for the mistake that's surely going to come. So there was a little bit of pro uh, prophecy. And I, I said, we desperately need a lock picker. We've got the dustman in Hoiberg, but we need that locksmith now, don't we? We need that Modric, that uh, Michael Carrick. And uh, Benno, at Benno de Yid said, after tonight, what type of player is still missing? And a couple of other people have said, we just maybe need somebody in the middle there with a little bit more goal to link things up. So uh, anybody you can think of to come in or other places you think we might need strengthening, Jan? Well, I can't see that. I can't see us we're, we're going to do much business in January, if I'm completely honest. I think that Jose Mourinho is going to be very happy with the squad that he's got. I think, uh, you know, like uh, me and Lee have discussed about Gareth Bow, I think that, you know, he's certainly going to come on that little bit more, you know, towards the end of uh, end of the season and his fitness will be much better as well. And in big games, you know, he's the man for it. Um, but I don't know. Let, let me put that to you three. Do you, do you see us doing any business in January? Because I'd, I'd be surprised if we did. Jamie, you go first. I'd be frustrated if we didn't because you feel as though this is a really big opportunity to go and kick on under Jose Mourinho. We obviously brought in Jose Mourinho um, he needs to be given the right players. And I think that um, to go and deliver a trophy, maybe we do need one or two more. I think if you look at our central defensive options, um, I certainly think, I mean, Dyer's playing tonight. I think that that's a frustrating thing because how many games has he now had to play? So that, that there certainly needs, needs a new central defender, in my opinion. Um, and obviously another creative midfielder. I think that that's something that we do need. 
no, I don't necessarily think it will happen, but um, that's that's definitely an area where I think we need to to go and address. But look, we've got, as I said, we've got fantastic opportunity here to go and win a trophy, to get back into the Champions League. So um, obviously in the past, we've seen that we haven't kicked on, but you know, maybe in the situation we're in, where we've got a manager who he can totally trust to go and deliver. Obviously, we, we saw what he delivered in the summer. You know, he brought in a number of players um, that all kind of fitted and really have worked in the, um, the way that he's played. So you feel as though that you could go and trust him in the transfer window, Jose Mourinho, to go and back him. So um, I'd be certainly frustrated if we didn't go and really back him in, in the window. Jamie, you say that about Eric Dyer, though, but Eric Dyer seems to be one of the first players on Jose Mourinho's team sheet. No, no, for sure. I, I, I just think as though it's it's frustrating maybe where um, he's having to play so many minutes. I think that there, there's certainly going to be a risk, certainly over this Christmas period. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Eric Dyer did get injured. The number of games that he is playing, um, you know, that, that's a real worry. So I think central defence is, is certainly an option that I think we need to go and address. And I do think Jose Mourinho will want one more quality defender um, for sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the transfer market thing. But I just want to pick up a couple of things. I got the blue book out while you were talking about Lucas Moura, and um, you know, I know that stats. I know I love my stats, right? But I know stats don't mean absolutely everything. You've got to put context wrapped around that as well. But when you look at Lucas Moura's um, their stats, they're not good reading for a, an attacking winger or an attacking uh, uh, midfielder. Uh, you know, however, I don't know what a forward, right? Put him down as a forward. Obviously, he's legendary, yeah? I'll say that to begin with because he scored a hat-trick in the Champions League semi-final and that was the best moment ever that I have had in watching a Tottenham uh, um, a Tottenham game uh, in terms of euphoria. Like, I just... It, so, he gave me that and I'll have it forever, right? So, love the fella for that. But in terms of the actual stats, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, I mean, when you look at the amount of... He's, he's had 85 appearances in the Premier League um, and he scored 15 goals. Uh, in total in the Premier League, 85 appearances in 15 goals. What's that? 15, 30, you're talking about one in five? So there's one goal in five. Um, in terms of uh, goals in uh, in Europe, uh, he's had 28 appearances and scored 10 goals. So his record in Europe is better um, than than that in the Premier League. When you actually go, go deep down into the Premier League matches, he's also only had five assists. So he's had 15 goals and five assists in a total of 85 appearances. I'm sorry, that ain't good enough, is, is it? I mean, you're looking to share it around. And we talked about this on the pod probably two pods ago. I've we've done so many, to be fair, um, listeners. I can't remember which one it was, so you have to forgive me. Um, but a couple of pods ago, we talked about um, sharing it sharing it around. You know, Son and, and Kane have, have, have done all the heavy lifting in terms of scoring goals. We need to sh- we need to share it about, get a bit of Gareth Bale in there. Um, you know, it's nice to see Gareth scoring tonight. Ben Davis, um, you know, uh, our very own Ricky Sachs loves a bit of Ben Davis. So I know he'll be listening, loving a bit of Ben Davis's goal tonight. Um, and again, you know, that, that was nice to share that around. But again, Kane pops up, you know, knack. He looked knackered tonight, but he's still on the pitch. He pops up with another goal. You know, Lucas Moura of this world, you know, Deli Alli's of this world, Tungundan Ballet's of this world, you know, Gio Lo Celso's of this world, Lamella back tonight. Great to see him back. They've got to start pitching in with assists and goals. Right? This is what, you know, what's going to happen. When, when we signed Bale, we had a front three of Son, Bale and Kane. And everyone was like, oh, you know, me included. We're like, oh my goodness, we are going to rip this a new one. 100 goals, this and that. And we're free scoring. And when that 3-3 draw happened in West Ham, 
all of a sudden we kind of just shut up shop and we have stopped scoring goals. You know, every day, every week I come out and say how many goals per game, what the ratio is. Well, you know, we're way below where we were, um, you know, two, three, four uh, weeks ago. Um, so, you know, somebody has to start stepping up. You know, Bergie didn't have a shooting boots on as, as we well know against Liverpool and got way out of a line abuse, way out of line. Like, have, a, have a look at yourselves giving them abuse for that. But, you know, ultimately on another day they go in. But collectively, we have to start as a team, start contributing and scoring goals. You can't just have Son and Kane. Because I tell you now, um, in my opinion, and I don't know if you guys agree or the listeners agree, Kane will be injured at some point in the season. Right? And yeah. Jamie, you touched upon it at the beginning of the show. You know, we need to rest him at some point. He will get an injury yeah. this season. So what are we going to do? Oh, listen, we're going to come to Kane because we had quite a debate on our WhatsApp group where we ended up with a bit of egg on our face over that. But coming back to Lucas, uh, I find it's a little bit a little bit off from Jose for me, to be honest. I, you know, I do I do like Jose. Uh, you know, I, he's won me round, but tonight I wasn't that impressed with him. Digging Delia, who I thought had a really, really good half. And Lucas, not great again, consistently not great at the moment. And, I, you know, I want everyone to do well, but Delhi's got thrown under the bus and at end number three and two little duffs um, both said, should Delhi have gotten a 90 minutes? And for me, he should have done. Now he's made that flick to give away the goal. Um you know, it's it's a mistake, but I like to see players trying something. So I'll throw it open to all three of you. You know, De- Delhi just seems to be a little bit of a marked man now, doesn't he? It's, it, I, just, I, I find that a little bit unnecessary. I mean, unless there is seriously something going on behind the scenes. I just think it's a bit unnecessary. I think he's always has to pick a fight with one player at the club. Um, but tonight, I just don't think it warranted uh, uh, him to have a go at Delhi. I think that Delhi did a really good job tonight. I thought he actually looked quite confident. You know, he was trying things and that's when Delhi's at his best, when he's just kind of doing things without thinking about it. And those flicks that he does, that's part of Delhi's game. And that's why he was such a good player. And you don't want to take that away from him. So it's frustrating that Jose Mourinho was trying to eliminate, maybe trying to eliminate that from his game, because we know that, that as I said, that's when Delhi's at his best. But, I, I, you know, Serge Aurea on the weekend, he gave away the penalty, but yet Jose Mourinho was defending him for that. So... I don't know. It is frustrating. I, again, I always back the manager, but I think on this occasion, it's it's a little bit frustrating because I thought Delhi did really well tonight and uh, it was a little bit harsh to kind of criticise him for, for a, one little mistake which led to the goal, which, of course, you know, other players should have dealt with as well. It's not just Delhi's fault that we conceded that goal. So, yeah, a bit frustrating, unfortunately. It was, it was yeah. great to see, though, Delhi Ali and Harry Kane linking up again because even after 35 minutes... You know, they were very unlucky not to score. And to see them linking up again, um, you know, particularly at Stoke, when only a couple of years ago, you know, them to um, run right at Stoke. And it, it was fantastic to see. But it was nice to see Deli Ali get the, uh, the the first 45 minutes. I thought he played very, very well. And in recent weeks, when he's got just the odd few minutes here that Jose Mourinho has given him, you know, what more could he have done? You know, what more could Deli Ali have done, you know, in recent weeks in, in the time that he'd been given on the pitch? So... I think that Deli Ali is uh, knuckled down. I think he's uh, he's working a lot harder. He looks a lot sharper. He looks a lot fitter as well, and looks like he wants to be at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And that's what it's all about. Um, I'm hoping that Deli Ali does stay at Tottenham, but 
you know, with the amount of things that keep happening with Jose Mourinho, I think the writing is on the wall for him. Yeah, very much so. It does. It does seem to be going that way. He's getting to a point of deterioration where it won't seem to come back from. Um, also staying in the middle of the pitch, Lee. Um, Harry Winks tonight. He's he's rightly come under the uh, microscope as along with Lucas, but. I thought he had a he had a pretty decent game tonight and a decent assist and uh, got man of the match. So a uh, little bit on on Winksy for you tonight. Has he done enough to uh, warrant getting back in? Yeah, I think I think he played well. I need to just quickly reverse. I've got to have my sound belly if that's right, Crackers, because you know I, I didn't watch the post match interview and I'm just hearing now that Jose's called him out and I think it's absolutely disgraceful. I, I, I honestly do. Like if you if you analyse what happened in that goal. It was a flick that gave the ball away, right? So no one can deny that it was a flick. But for Jose to come out and call him out after he's worked his socks off to get back into this side and he played really, really well tonight. I thought he played really, really well. Um, it's certainly in the first half. Could have had a couple of goals. Uh, certainly should probably should have put one in the back of the net um, if he'd have had more game time, which is down to Jose in his first place or maybe Delhi's attitude, who knows. But for him to come off thinking you know what, I've done everything I can. And then for Jose to call him out after that, no, I'm not having that. I'm not having it. Now, look, who the hell am I? Jose's won everything in the game. But I just think that is out of order. He don't need to do that. He's going to rip his confidence apart. What's he going to do? Be, be out of the squad again now for Wolves. When he had energy tonight, he looked fit. He looked sharp. He was up for it. He'd give, he'd give us more linking up with Kane and uh, in that first half than uh, some of these other players that have. And, you know, I just think that now, what's he going to do? He's going to go backwards. So I, I think, you know, look, Hart probably is ruling, ruling my head maybe on that. And it's very emotive. But there's no need for that. Um, you know, Jose is one of the best leaders ever. So I'm not going to criticise that. But come on. Sometimes you need to have an arm around you and just say, do you know what? Uh, you know, I, like Chris, I like that. I like the fact that if you don't do them sorts of things, you never do the brilliant stuff. You have to take the risks in order to do the brilliant stuff. Um, and you'll never be brilliant, you know. We're molding ourselves into these just robot people that have to do everything. You know, you've got to have creativity in the side, which is what we've just been talking about. We've got creativity in Lo Celso and in Dumbele and in Deli Alley, Gareth Bale. We've got creativity in the team, but if it keeps getting sucked out of it, we're not going to have any left. It won't matter who you bring in. Do you know what I mean? You could bring in Messi and it gets sucked out. So I just think I'm a bit... Sorry, it's very emotive on Delhi, but but I'm annoyed because I thought he played well. I thought he played well. In terms of uh, the, the listener's question when he said about the 90 minutes, I thought I didn't think there was anything wrong with him coming off from 65, given the fact that he ain't played a lot of football. So I just thought, I actually thought he played well. Maybe Jose's saving him for Wolves. Now I've just heard that. I don't think he, he, he won't even be on the bench, will he? So no, frustrating. No, it, so frustrating. Yeah, I mean... We've given oh I, I've I've given Delhi plenty of stick and said you know maybe he just needs to grow up and knuckle down and like you said Lee he's he's done that he he has actually done that he has knuckled down he does seem to have grown up he does seem to have got a maturity and he is that type of player that will try a flick and a bit of creativity and now he's still getting thrown under the bus it's like so. You know, as, as damning as we've been to Delhi, we have to be damning to Jose as well now, don't no, we? No, really? for sure. It's got to be balanced, right? We're very pro-Jose. pro, 
pro Jose, um, I would say on the show, and you know, rightly so, because you know what he's done for us in the last year. But being an absolute storm show away from home, not winning at, at, at even matches away from home, to, to being really dominant up until recently, and we've gone through a bit of a bad patch. But you know, there's it's constant battle all of the time. But look, this is Jose's way. We knew it was it, we, he was like this, um, and again, you can't really argue with the trophies. We just got into the semi final of the Cowbell Cup. If he goes on and wins it and wins the first trophy since 2008 um, and then goes and wins a double trophy with Europa League, you know, when? and Delhi goes when? to PSG, or when, yeah, exactly. When he does that and Delhi goes to PSG, would any of us care? You know, P- probably not. But I just think, you know, there's no way... Jack can have a word with him in the in the dressing room, whatever. Did, did the reporter ask him, what did you think of Delhi tonight? Is that how it's coming? Did, so if the reporter's asked him, he's asked a question honestly, then maybe fair enough. And then, and then we're all jumping on the fact that you said it. But, you know, if somebody turns around to you, Crackers, and says, oh, Crackers, what do you think of Chris Callan tonight? What are you going to say? So, yeah, he was absolutely outstanding when, when actually gave the ball away. You're not going to lie, are you? So, I don't know. I, sorry, uh, uh, my soapbox. The actual question you asked me was about Winksy. Um, and <laughs> uh, and uh, one, one, of our, one of our very own, and, and uh, uh, Anthony Costa, would be loving the fact he got man of the match tonight. <laughs> Go on, Ant, you love it, son. Um, yeah, so he got he got man of the match, and um, I thought he played well. You know, yes, it's championship side, but look, let's credit where credit's due. Everyone is talking up uh, um, Oliver Skip, saying he's having an absolute outstanding season. Well, he's playing in the championship, so you know, uh, Winksy tonight he played against championship side, and and he played well, and he got the man of the match, and, and fair play to him. I think he was he he, he got the ball, he progressed the ball uh, pretty well, kept it ticking over. And when I go back to what we talked about again, sorry, before on, on Winks, where's his best position? You know, he's not the he's not a dustman, is he? Crackers like 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 a Hoiber, as you say, but he's no. a ticking over type person. He's not going to go and attack and score goals. He's not going to get assists, or he got one tonight. You know, look in the in the last three starts he's had, he's got two assists and scored a fifty six yard weldy. So you know, like you know, you, you can only start from. We can go back as far as we want, you know, to, to every player. Son, we can go back. Is Son world class? Was well, first season at Tottenham? He was awful. Should we go back that far? So we we got to start the benchmark somewhere. And if we're starting it kind of over this season, so far it's not a bad season in terms of assists and goals for Harry Winks, is it? Because previous to this season, he only got one assist in his entire career. Can I just say as well, the likes of uh, Deli Ali and Harry Winks, they don't get many opportunities and they haven't had many opportunities this season. So when they do come into games like this and they do play well, a number of fans, you know, whether they're Spurs fans or not, will say, yeah, but it's only Stoke. It's a championship side. Oh, it's only the Europa League. Well, these are the opportunities they're getting. So the opportunities they're getting, they're taking their chances. And it is all about when you're a fringe player, if that's the right word, when you're a fringe player and you're not getting many opportunities, it's about taking the opportunities when you do get the odd one here and there. And these players are doing that at the moment. And that is really, really pleasing to see as a Spurs fan, because when we do need them in the Premier League, they will be there and in good form. Jamie, coming to you, just a a bit on winks before we take our break for you this evening. Man of the match performance? Yeah, I thought I thought he was yeah, he was really good tonight. And uh one thing that definitely was uh well definitely noteworthy was on uh Spurs officials Instagram, they posted a picture of Harry Winks and that he was man of the match. And then Jose Mourinho post commented under saying deserves. So it certainly shows you that there's certainly a way back under Jose Mourinho because of course we saw 
Um, I think it was in the previous Europa League game where he got um, hauled off uh, quite early and uh, there was kind of a bit of a thing between him and Jose. But look, obviously, definitely back in Jose Mourinho's good books tonight. And that was really good to see. I thought he definitely took his opportunity. As Chris said, these are the games where he's been given that opportunity to try and get back into the side. So um, I was really, really pleased with Harry Winks that he went out and put a good performance on. And, um, you know, he's, he's obviously earned his opportunity maybe to, to, to have an opportunity in the Premier League. Not to start, I don't think, just yet, but certainly an opportunity to, to at least make the bench. Excellent point. Excellent, excellent stuff. Yes, Lee. Um, yeah, just quickly before we go to the break um, on, on Harry Winks, I do, I do think we forget Maybe we don't, I don't know. But I do think we forget. This guy was in our Champions League final midfield two alongside Sissoko. He was also in our Champions League semi-final alongside Sissoko. He was also in the run, shall we say, in that entire Champions League. He also played against Real Madrid when he actually ran the show. I was there in the Bernabeu um, and, he, and he was brilliant that night. And, and I just think that we forget this this. I was going to say kid, and it's a bit disrespectful, right? Although I'm an old, I'm an old fella myself now. But um, he's young. He's 24 years old, and it's the same with Deli Ali. They're both in a difficult time in their career. It's not how you um, your, your career is defined on how you get through tough times, right? That is the reality, in my opinion. And you know, everybody will go through tough times in life, whether or not it's in business, whether or not it's personal, whether or not it's in sport. And it's how you get back up off the canvas. It's how you go again. Can you go again? Can we do it? That's that determination. That's that spirit, that, that resilience that makes you a better player or makes you a, um, you know, a, a, an international footballer in this case, for example, you know, England manager Gareth Southgate. Yes, it's Gareth Southgate, and you can have a go at Gareth if you want. But he picks Winks quite a lot as well, right? So, you know, it's it's defining. He, I don't think it's as bad as everybody makes out, or, or what, what, why that they that might be the case. You know, does it? Is he is he world class? No, he's not. But but actually, if we're giving him a clean slate and starting from this season, he's in the chances that he's had. He's making a fist of it. And you can only admire that somebody. You, know, you can only admire somebody coming back from a difficult time, can't you? And if, yeah. if you can't admire that, then again, I would say that, you, you know, you're, you're extremely harsh, you know, because people, especially in this great country, people like um, triers and they're like people that are going to give it their all. And that's what he's doing. He's working his socks off to get back in the side. And that's all he, that's all he can do. I think Jordan Henderson's a really good example of that. I think at Sunderland, he was obviously a man. Great example. Um, and then, of course, you know, he went to Liverpool and he had a very difficult time. I think lots of people kind of uh, writ him off. But now, look, he's, you know, he's lifted the Champions League. He's lifted the Premier League with Liverpool. I think he won the Player of the Year last year. Um, so, he's, you know, he's a, it's certainly a player that's shown that you can kind of learn from these times where it's very difficult. As Lee said, these are perfect opportunities to kind of really mature as a player. Um, and, you know, the, the, sometimes when you lose, these are these are really times where you can learn a lot about yourself. So, I, you know, I think that certainly um, it's, you know, it's worth sticking with Harry Winks. We know he's got talent, um, but obviously at the moment, very difficult period in his career. So uh, I still believe that he'll become a very good footballer eventually. Lee, can I just ask you, if, if Tottenham could get £40 million for Harry Winks, would you sell him? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, I'm joking. I thought I'd lighten the mood. <laughs> um, do, do you know? Do you know what? Actually, seriously, forty million, maybe, maybe. Because look, he's, regardless of his Harry Winks, regardless of anything else, he's he's on the fringe. Uh, all, all I'm saying is, as a, as a person, as an individual, 
you know, all he can do is try and define where he is. I, I'm not saying I'm, I, you know, I'm not Harry Winks' biggest fan, but I do respect Harry Winks a lot. You know, he's one of our own. He's been at the club for a long time. It does count, to, like I said a few pods ago, it does count for a lot for me because that's the way I like it. You know, some fans don't care about that stuff. I do. Um, 40 million. I mean, we, when you think about we put we bought Hoiber for like 15 million and we could get 40 million for um, for, for Winks. You just put the price tag on it, Chris, by the way. M- maybe, maybe. But I don't think somebody will buy Harry Winks for 40 million. Uh, oh, uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Having said that, having said that, bite. it wouldn't, yeah, may, maybe it's another poll crackers. Maybe we could get one out there because I tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody like Pep Guardiola went and bought him and then he'd become like an amazing superstar. It maybe <laughs> just doesn't fit in. Like, like Delhi doesn't fit in with, with Jose's style or whatever. I don't know. I'm, you know, like I said, I don't get paid the, the money that these football managers do. But I, I think Winks is, once he finds a position and once he's comfortable and confident in a position that he can play, I think he can add value to this football uh, for this, to this football team, for, to this squad. Well, you talk about like a creative player or even another centre-back. And if you're talking about players like Harry Winks and Deli Alley being made available to be sold, the money that, you know, Tottenham would get in for, you know, them two alone, you know, would be incredible amounts, you know, to, to go out for Jose Mourinho to spend. It's true. And actually, when you put it like that, you know, there's no sentimental value anymore. We want to win stuff. We want to go and win stuff. If, if, if they look, if they're not like we say a lot on the and we, uh, and we stand by this, if Jose, if it's not in Jose's plans and you can go and get 40 million for him, just go sell him. Like go, you know, to Jose, wouldn't it? Deli Alley, get, put him out on loan. Go and get a couple of other creative players in the side that are going to, that are going to win us something. Jose will make that decision. But yeah, it's, it's a very good debate, to be fair. What one that we wasn't expecting to be fair, so it's a good shout. No, we've gone up a tributary and we've had a we've had a really, really good debate there. I sometimes wonder if Jose actually tests people's characters and he gives them a little bit of a kick in publicly, and I think he sees who steps up and says, I'll show you, and who fades away, because I think he wants a character as well as a footballer I think he's looking to see what their character is all about as well as their ability but listen listeners you have your say as well you can at us at us after the when you've listened to the show after you've listened to the show and let us know what you think on that debate we I think we will even put it out as a poll would you take 40 million pounds for Harry Winks I mean that make a, a good poll an interesting vote and we'll see see which way it falls but listen we're going to take a break. We'll be back in the second half. We'll be looking at Ricky Sack's favourite, Ben Davies, and giving him a score, uh, a 10, no doubt. A uh, little bit of debate about Harry Kane as well. And uh, as I said earlier, the egg on our face that we ended up with tonight from our notes and our little chats on the uh, WhatsApp group that we have going. And of course, we'll have a Wolves preview as well. Plus, 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 plus listeners, at the end of the show as a reward for a win into making it into the semi-finals and getting within touching distance of that big shiny trophy. We've got the quiz back, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back soon. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people. 
enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. And welcome back to Last Word on Spurs, where we have just found out, because we're obviously doing this in real time, but when you listen, this will be history to you, but Man United have just beaten Everton 2-0. So now we know the four semi-finalists for the Carabao EFL Cup, call it what you like, Worthington Cup. I remember it when it was just the League Cup and the Milk Cup. Oh, shut up, Grandad, and get on with the show. Anyway, so it's Tottenham and Brentford from that there, London, and the two Manchester clubs on the other side of the draw as well, City and United. So uh, just quickly, um, we don't know the draw yet. Jamie, I'm coming to you. What do you fancy for the semi-final draw? And bearing in mind, people will be listening to this and go, oh, you got that wrong. Or, yeah. Oh, you got that right. Yeah, um, I think the obvious, I mean, the obvious one's got to be Brentford, but I don't think they're a team that should be taken lightly. I think they are doing well in the championship. Um, I think they're, they're, they're definitely a team that will kind of, um, that will be full of confidence. Obviously, they've just knocked out Newcastle. They've knocked out Premier League opposition. So they'll definitely fancy themselves. I know, as I said, they're doing very well in the championship. So um, I, I think they would obviously be my preferred choice. And again, you know, that would obviously be a short trip if we were to draw them away. So um, I think Brentford's got to be the one uh, that I'd, I'd like the most. I think it's fairly obvious. Chris, for you, for this semi-final draw, do you fancy one of the Manchester's at home or are you going with Jamie? Well, the trophies are coming, so it doesn't matter who we're getting. Um, yes. No, in, in all seriousness, um, we really want a home draw because the semi-final is only one leg this year. Um, you know, a home draw would be good. Brentford would be the obvious choice. Um, Manchester City away would be the worst case scenario. So hopefully we just avoid that one. And for you, Lee, uh, Chris has gone Man City away, but maybe Man United away for a little bit of revenge. Oh, yeah, you can see that written up there. And you see the, the mainstream media will be talking up the fact that it'll be a City versus United final. And they all love that, won't they? So uh, nice doubt at Wembley with the two Manchester clubs. So hopefully they, they'll get each other in the semis and that won't happen. Um, and yeah, of course, look, you know, Brentford, uh, you, 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 you know, look, like Chris said, it don't really matter who we play. If you're going to win the tight, if you're going to win the um, the cup, then uh, you've got to uh, play anyone and, and and win the games. For me, the most important thing is a home draw um, to, to 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 take Manchester United at home or um, City at home. Brentford at home will be decent. I think Brentford away will be tricky, um, and City and United definitely will be. And that you got that already, Crackers, didn't you? You can imagine going to Old Trafford in the semi-final and then trying to do, do you one um, for, the, for the 6-1 that we smashed him earlier this season. But look, I'll do a John Venom. I'm, I'm confident. You know, uh, Chris has said, um, you know, trophies are coming and uh, John, I can hear him in my ear while now saying, you know, like, I'm confident this is good and, and I'm with him. I'm, I'm right there. I think we can win this cup. Um, so bring it on whoever it is. But yeah, let's uh, let's hope there's Brentford at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, that officer's the, the best option. But as you uh, as rightly been said, don't take Brentford for mugs. Really, really don't take them for mugs because they are flying at the moment. So it's uh, it's tricky but doable. I think whoever we get, it is it's more than doable. So uh, a little bit of Spurs in the, in the second half and. Um, 
not such a great start to the second half, Jamie. We just looked like we dropped a bit of energy, a little bit of wanting. Mm. Stoke, obviously, had had a few teacups thrown at them uh, in the dressing room. Uh, we hadn't because there's uh, cloth walls on our dressing room away at Stoke, as we've been hearing all week. And, uh, yeah, that, that goal came. And we really looked like we dropped off the edge of the cliff for that 10 minutes, didn't we? Yeah, it was yeah, it was definitely disappointing, but I think it also maybe it does justify some of Joseph's substitutions. Obviously, I think he reacted fairly quickly. Um, and and then we managed to we went and got that goal. So um yeah, I mean, you know, we did complain at maybe some of the substitutions that he did make, but look, they made the right impact um and it completely turned the game on its head because we um, as you said, we came out and struggled in that that second half at the start. But look, in towards the end of the, the second half, we really dominated. So um, yeah, I, I, obviously, barring that little spell that we had where we conceded the goal, again, it was a really professional performance. Um, Jose Mourinho, he did make, in the end, he has made the right substitutions, whatever we think about what he did. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, overall, very pleasing with how professional we were tonight. Good stuff. Chris, uh, coming to you. Uh, defensively, we was all over the place, wasn't we? I know, I know that, that as we've said already, Delhi's got blamed for that little flick. But oh, come on, there was a lot more play after that, wasn't there? And where, where was Eric Dyer? I don't, couldn't even see him in the picture, and uh, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't great, was it? Really, wasn't great. It was a well taken goal, but defensively, it was poor. Yeah, like I said at the start of the show, the, the performance, um, you know, wasn't that great tonight, but it was all about the result. Um, you know, we need to, you know, play a lot better in future games, whether it's in the Premier League or, or in the semi-final of this competition or the Europa League. Um, you know, we do need to be a lot more organised. You know, we've conceded goals in the last couple of games. In the last three Premier League games, we've only picked up one point out of a possible nine. And defensively, we haven't looked that great uh, of late. And... Um, but really, Stoke, first half, Hugo Lloris had nothing to do. I think the only thing that he done after 53 minutes was actually pick the ball out of the net. You know, Hugo Lloris mm. had nothing to do. Stoke didn't look threatening at all. Yes, they got their goal, um, you know, early in the second half. But apart from that, you know, I'm, I'm with Lee, what he said earlier. When, when, when it went 1-1, normally all of us Tottenham fans think, oh, my God, here we go. You know, it's going to be a Spursy moment. You know, all of that. You know, we're going to be nervous for the rest of the game. But... I had full confidence that we were going to win this game. I really did. And, uh, you know, I've got full confidence that, w that we're going to win the the, uh, the cup this year. So, you know, I think that when when we do concede a goal like this in a cup game, um, you know, it's all about the, the result. It's not necessarily about the performance, but the, the performance where I'll be looking for is the Wolverhampton Wanderers game this Sunday in the Premier League, because, of course, our Premier League form hasn't been great. Tonight, as you just said, the defence looked a bit shaky for that goal. You know, it's not good enough. Um, Jose Mourinho still got a lot of uh, a lot of work to do on the training pitch with with the defence. You know, Eric Dyer um, at times he does worry me, and um, you know, I'm, I'm with Jamie. I would love to bring in another centre back, but I think that Eric Dyer is one of those first um, players on the team sheet every single week. Jose Mourinho absolutely loves him, and uh, to get him out of the side. Um, it's got to be an injury or it's got to be something major for him to be out the side because Mourinho absolutely loves him. But yeah, defensively, um, you know, it wasn't great for the goal and, uh, you know, improvements do need to be made. Lee, coming to you, uh, Son came on for Bow at half-time who may have 
I've had just a may have had a little knock. He got caught on the foot, and uh, maybe he thought forty-five was enough for him. Um, and then Mora uh, for Sissoko, and uh, Mora off Sissoko on, Delhi off, and Lamella on, and at Pucker Plumber. Uh, on Twitter said, is Lamella going to be the answer to the right wing for Spurs? Uh, he's a pain to the opposition and adds a bit of bite. And you know what? For my two penneth worth, I love Lamella. He goes in now and I think he's a great player, but he just gets under the skin, doesn't he? He just, he just irritates and he, he diverts attention and he causes concentration lapses. And I, I really like him. Lamella for you going forward now. He's back from injury. Right, I'll sum up Eric Lamella. Right in a, in a, 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 I can't do it in a few words, can I? Because I just chat for England and everybody knows it already. So, um, but Eric Lamella summed up right for me is that the reason why he confuses defenses is because he don't know what he's going to do himself. Right, that's the reality. Right, and he, he's at, he and he starts off every season really well. He's on he's on fire. Gets assists. We just had a uh, had a pop at Lucas Moria earlier. When you look at Lamella's records in terms of the first six, seven games of most seasons he starts, he, he does well. Starts assisting and whatever. One of our very own Jason Montgomery always says that, um, you know, Lamella needs to do it in the big games. He's, you know, he's done with bonus and this, that and the other in meaningless Europa League uh, ties and this, that and the other. But he's never scored the winner uh, for, you know, in a massive game. Like he scored the equaliser, didn't he, against Manchester City? Was it last summer? Uh, or last September when we drew 2-2 and had no right to uh, to draw that football match, but we did. Um, and, um, uh, you know, he had an opportunity, again, I think, against Wem- in Wembley. Um, I remember this one when uh, the NFL had just been played there and the pitch looked like a sandpit. Uh, and he had a chance to equalise against Man City. Mahrez scored after three minutes, I think. We lost the game 1-0. Um, and again, he had that opportunity. So, you know, he gets himself into space, into opportunities, and he does cause havoc. The problem that he's got is his decision-making is woeful. If he made the right decision, I, I think this, this this guy could be an, an absolute baller. Problem being is that he's been with a club now for, what, seven years, eight years. He, he was actually bought, ironically, with the Gareth Bale money. I mean, you could not make this story up, right? Um, and now got, obviously, Gareth's back at the club. So, um, but, but for pure, excuse me, younger listeners as well, but for pure shithousery, as Jose would love, He's perfect, isn't he? he? You know, whether or not he gets it, like Danny Rose gets it, but he definitely gets it in, in a derby. He likes that little bit of, what, what What do you mean, officer? It wasn't me, it wasn't me, but he's in there and he? he's in their faces and he's a, you know, he's like a little rat at some at some stages. So, and he's got, he has got quality. I think Jose loves him. And I think, you know, that gives him another dynamic, um, Lamella coming back from injury. Because again, he started the season well this year, then he got an injury and he's been out ever since. And now he's coming back. So, I think Lamella is not Eric Lamella is not going to uh, be the be all and end all and win us the win us the Premier League title. That's for sure. But it's another feather in um, uh, in uh, Jose's cap or another a string to his bow, should we say? Jamie, coming to you, Lamella, obviously uh, grandmaster of the dark arts, isn't he? And uh, do you, do you like to see a little bit of that? Do you think you need a little bit of darkness in a side? To Harry Kane's angelic halo and uh, and an all-round good guyness. Yeah, I mean, look, certainly he's obviously a perfect fit under Jose Mourinho, as we always know. We saw in the Amazon documentary about not wanting not wanting players that are a bit nastier, and um, 
I know it was very controversial, but I really actually really liked his moment against Manchester United where he got Martial sent off. It was, you know, yes, maybe you don't want to see a player going to the floor when he's been touched on the face like that. But we went and ripped Man United 6-1 apart. And what does everyone remember? We re They don't remember the red card. They remember that we won the football match and, and that red card played such a big part. So, you know, that that's part of Lamella's game. He's a guy that, really, as you said, gets under players' uh, uh, opposition skin. Um the obvious thing is that he keeps getting injured and that consistency and, you know, you just feel as that we set time and time again. I'm, you know, the number of debates that we've kind of had about Lamella, you know, is this is finally his time, but then it's always another injury. So um, I'm not getting too carried away about it because, yes, I do like him. I think that he's a guy that offers us something, a really good option. He's a guy that has the option to come off the bench, but, you know, do you trust him to stay fit? I think that that's certainly a concern and um, a reason, as I said, why I'm not getting too carried away about Altamella at the moment. Chris, coming to you, uh, Ben Davis, as we said, Ricky Sack's favourite. And uh, we're one all at 70 minutes, literally on the dot. He's let one go uh, and what was he, 20, 22, 23 yards out? He's absolutely hit a perler. And I've, I've put on my notes here, a goal for Ben Davies. He's bought a lottery ticket and he's and he's won. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought this on when we played Leicester, but they were buying lottery tickets. That They was taking chances, you know. The, the, the own goal came from trying to throw something across the goal and it goes in off of all the Verald's legs. And so... For you, do Spurs buy enough lottery tickets during games? Because we just play a little bit too conservatively. There's Ben Davis, he hits one, goal, and, and, and we're up, aren't we? So it was a great goal as well. Do you know what? Absolutely superb goal. And, and I love seeing Ben Davis get forward like that because, you know, in recent years when, you know, when he signed for us, we, we've always said that it was Danny Rose always getting forward. And when we played Ben Davis, he was very defensive. And, uh, you know, certainly under Mourinho as well, Ben Davis has played that way quite defensively. Um, you know, we say that about Regulon. He gets forward a lot more. Ben Davis don't. So so for Ben Davis now to get in those positions, and he's got a great left foot on him. What a wonderful, wonderful finish. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. But Stoke were playing a 37-year-old goalkeeper today uh, who hadn't played a competitive game for two years. They got four goalkeepers out. You know, so if... Tottenham, you know, with the amount of quality in our squad, um, are not going to have a number of pot shots and, uh, you know, a number of chances and, you know, just just have a go, you know, and Ben Davis done that and I, and I was really, really pleased for him and, you know, I know Ricky gives him six out of ten, but I tell you what, as soon as Ben Davis uh, put that ball in the net, he come up with a seven out of ten tonight, which made me laugh, but, um, yeah, it was a really, really good finish and I'm really pleased with Ben Davis because he's one of those uh, professionals who is truly professional. He always gives a hundred percent when he plays for Tottenham or you know whatever team he's played for, and uh, yeah, re really glad for him. Excellent stuff. Two you know, Welsh wizards, the two uh, Welsh it, wizards tonight, wasn't it? The two Welsh wizards come up with yes. the goods. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And, but funny enough, call, talking about that six to seven out of ten. Whenever I speak with uh, the great Steve Perriman on, on the Legends Nights, he always says about himself, never an 8 out of 10, but never any less than a 6 out of 10. I always rated myself 6 to 6.5, 7 out of 10 in every game. So 
I listen, if it's good enough for Stevie Perriman with uh, record appearance, I think it's good enough for, uh, for for Ben Davies. But that point I've made to Chris Lee, and that, as I said, that, that buying a lottery ticket and taking a shot, and that, for me, is something we've not done enough this season. Just sometimes working a keeper where you might get a rebound or one out of the post that drops to Kane. And do you think that's something we should try a little bit more of? Well, I think it's a really interesting point. I mean, Hoiberg and uh, I think it was against Leicester. He had a pot shot, didn't he? Um, and, uh, you know, very seldom did we have any sorts of shots. What uh, Another Blue Book stat here, which might surprise you, Harry Kane's had the most shots in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, that, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, uh, against against that, but again, it's Harry Kane, which is the man that we always talk about. What about Lucas Moura? What about Hummin Son? What about Tungundembele? Uh, you know, or Lo Celso when he's playing Ben Davis tonight? You know, have a go. Like Chris summed up perfectly. The, the goalkeeper's having a laugh. It's a fourth choice goalkeeper, and he ain't played for two years. Have a go at him. Like get him spilling some shots, putting some crosses in. Have a go at him. No. Didn't really want to fancy that. Do you know what I mean? Intricate passing and this, that and the other tonight. Just have a smash. Smash and grab, mate. Could have, we could have ended up scoring five or six, couldn't we? If if you go and have a pot shot. But look, we've got the job done. Um, and I think, like I said earlier, I think it was a professional performance. Lee, uh, 37 years old, that goalkeeper. Hasn't played for two years. Should you and I make sure that we don't throw our uh, Copper Mundial Adidas boots out just yet? Is there hope for us yet for getting a game somewhere? No, I mean... <laughs> Honestly, I could go. If I, I'm I'm wagging out a six, a six foot two as well. Do you know what I mean? I could be in, in between the sticks. I'd be absolutely woeful, but who knows? You know what I mean? Give it a go. Why not? <laughs> Jamie, what, what do you reckon? Lee McQueen in goal for Spurs. I mean, he's got, got a little bit of the Hugos about him, hasn't he? You know, he looks more like Hugo than I do. So, well, uh, I mean, yeah, in, in mate, you having that if Hart can't play? Well, I mean, in fairness, I think if there's one club that's looking for a second choice keeper at the moment, it's that lot down the road, isn't it? I think after some of the mistakes. <laughs> so. Well, I'll be, I'll be perfect for them. I'll tell you what, we could go in undercover and I could go in as, you know, as the next, you know, as, uh, as a 30, well, I can't say 37 year old, a bit, a bit more than that with a, with a Tottenham shirt behind my neck. Um, so I could go and just the, the veteran keeper who's, who's been having a stormer in like kind of non-league, and, I, and it just—I mean—I could go in undercover. I could just let him it, let in loads of goals against him. Would you think that'd be pretty? Yeah, cool, you feel, feel the homegrown quota. So you know, there's lots to perfect. Be there. Uh, abso- absolutely brilliant. There you go. There you go, Arsenal. Go and get him. You couldn't put that shirt on though, Lee, could you? Come on. No, no, I, I it's difficult. Well, if I'm doing, look, it's undercover. So if you're undercover, do you know what I mean? I've gone in like stealth. No one knows. I, I'd have to put it on just so I could concede <laughs> 10 like against Sheffield United or something. <laughs> but if it puts him in the bottom three, oh, that'd be brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant, that'd be a brilliant bit of stealthness. <laughs> Jamie, I'm coming back to you because there was a, there was a little moment, I've got here, 74 minutes in my notes, start up and everything. Kane needs a rest, but he can't have a rest. And Mr McQueen on our WhatsApp group put, well, Kane looks like he needs a bit of a rest. And lo and behold, six minutes later, the man that needs a rest puts the game to bed. Of course, of course <laughs> he does. So a bit from you, Jamie, please, mm. on Harry Kane this evening. It was a lovely ball through from Sissoko and he smashed it in. But also with Kane, I'll throw it over to Chris after as well. 
yeah, maybe he does need a rest because he looks like he's in that red zone at the moment. But yeah. what do we do? How do we rest him? Can we rest him? Yeah, it's it's, it's a really difficult situation, I think. Um, and and, that, and again, this is where we need other players to be stepping up because Harry Kane, I think if you look at his performance on the weekend, it was a performance where he wasn't able to drop as deep. He's obviously has to work very hard uh, coming back and covering lots of ground um, and being that creative spark. And kind of, he wasn't able to do that on the weekend. And the number of games that he's played, you feel as though, you know, it maybe is worth resting him because he's kind of in a, a position where he's, um, where, yeah, where he's, he certainly is fatigued at the moment. So, um, look, I think it's a, definitely a chance for him to, to be rested. Chris, coming to you and uh, me and Mr McQueen with egg all over our faces for our comments. How dare we say Kane needs a rest and then goes and score. So uh, just a bit from you, as Jamie was saying now, resting, resting Kane, it's just, it, it's just impossible, isn't it? It's and, until he has to. Well, we've brought in Carlos Vinicius as well. And uh, Carlos Vinicius hasn't had that much game time. You know, when he has come in, he's done fairly well, you know, in the Europa League games. He scored, you know, got a number of assists as well. And uh, I think it's about time that we started to introduce him a little bit more. You know, Jose Mourinho loves a sub. Um, and, you know, I think we need to start bringing off Harry Kane when we, when we have sewn games up. And I think that's very, very important. You know, in Premier League games, if we can put games to bed earlier, and quicker, it will then allow Jose Mourinho and Spurs to then bring him off and, you know, give him that rest that he does need. Because, you know, let's face it, in any game at the moment, you know, regardless of what competition it is, we as Tottenham fans want to see our best 11 play. And we always want to see Harry Kane. We always want to see Hunmin Son. You know, it was nice in a way that, um, although we want to see the best 11, it was nice in a way that Hunmin Son was on the bench. Because, you know, players like this, they can't keep, playing every single game you know they're not machines you know it's 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 very difficult to keep playing every game so um you know Mourinho had done a, a perfect thing in in putting Sonny on the bench and then bringing him on when he needs him you know perhaps perhaps we could have done that tonight perhaps Vinicius could have started and uh, Harry Kane then, then then came on um but I think it's all about rotation it's all about players taking their chances and like Lee said earlier Lucas Mora when you see his stats you know it clearly isn't good enough you know, some of these players do need to step up that little bit more, but I would like to see Carlos Vinicius get a little bit more time, whether it, you know, be starting or coming on as a sub, um, you know, to, to release a bit of uh, rest time for Harry Kane. I'm going to put my devil at devil's advocate's hat on again here, Lee. And if Kane does get a rest or goes out of the team, God forbid, for a, an injury or something... Do you think the other players that currently aren't stepping up in midfield may feel a bit of responsibility and uh, we start seeing them chipping in with a few goals? It's a good, it's a good point, Crackers, to be fair. I mean, uh, Harry Kane has had serious injury um, for three seasons on the trot now, and it is virtually guaranteed in my book that he will be injured this season. Um, not because he's not good enough or he's got a dodgy ankle or he's always going Just because sheer amount of games that he's playing. Him and Hoiberg as well. Hoiberg's played every game, virtually every game, even in the Europa League as well. At least Kane's had a bit of a rest. When we signed um, uh, Vinicius, we uh, we said that he's not a backup. Like, I hate that word. He's not a backup. No, he's not. He's, you know, genuine. Why aren't he playing then? Could have easily played tonight. Harry Kane did not need to play this football match tonight. Although he scored, and that, that's ironic, but that's hindsight. He did not need to play his football match tonight. He could have easily started with uh, Vinicius. 
I wouldn't have been worried. Um, like like Chris, I like Vinicius. He's got two assists on his debut. He's got a couple of goals under his belt as well. Um, you know, he pulled defenders all over the place from the West Brom game. Um, you know, for Harry Kane to score from Doherty's um, uh, uh, cross. I think he's. I think he's got it. And against the championship side tonight in Stoke, who offered absolutely nothing, and big, big fellas at the back, you know, defending. I think Vinicius could have bullied him a little bit. So you know, I just find it incredible. Like, like Chris, we like seeing our, our top players and whatever. But I also like seeing the other players. I like seeing Vinicius. I want to get him. How are you going to get him confidence? How are you going to get games into that fellas? Um, uh, into that fellas season now. We don't play Europa League match until February. Right now, so that's put to bed. If he's not playing Carabao Cup, where's he going to play? So where are you going to rest Kane? So it's a, it's a conundrum, thankfully, that I don't need to solve um, because Jose needs to solve it. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, for, for for me, sorry, just breaking off here because uh, we're about to do the draw. So do you want me to kind of t- tell you what the draw comes out as? Or yes, please, please do, please do as as live. So, okay, so uh, live, we've got Brentford number one, Man City number two, Tottenham Hotspur, the mighty number three. And uh, Manchester United number four. Okay, so it's coming out um, as we speak. Uh, oh. Ties, yeah. So uh, Darren Bent's got his hand in the pot. In the pot. What have we got number number four's come out first. Number four, and that is Manchester United at home. Manchester Eight. United at home. Come on, Bent. Come on. You know you want to do it for Tottenham. Bring out City. Come on, Dad. And he's got number two, and that is number two, and that is Manchester City. It's a Manchester ah. City United first semi-final. Come yeah, on, Dad. Pull out Tottenham Hotspur. We want number three, please. Pull it out. You got this live here coming out. You couldn't make this stuff up. The year ending one is Tottenham get a home draw against Brentford. Get in there. Ah. Come on, you Spurs. I what a draw from Darren Bent. What a Carlin. draw. What a fantastic draw. Chris Carlin, you're the man with with one hand on the cup. You've called this all along. Your reaction to that draw, please. Come on. If the trophies aren't coming this year, then they never will. Because, you know, Jose Mourinho loves this competition. He's won it four times already. Um, Hopefully it will be a fifth. You know, hopefully it will be our first domestic trophy for 13 years. Brentford at home, absolutely brilliant. It couldn't have gone any better. And uh, when you when you think, actually, we've only actually played two games in this competition so far, you know, and now we're in a semi-final, um, you know, beating Chelsea and beating Stoke tonight. Um, what a wonderful draw. Absolutely brilliant. Delighted. Super, super stuff. I'm just going to pull it back a little bit because we did touch on this. Jamie, Brentford are no mugs, are they? So as as delighted as we are to avoid the Manchester clubs, we really, really do need to be on our game against them, don't we? And take them very seriously. Yeah, for sure. I I do think they are a good side in the Championship. I think they're currently fourth. They've got the top scorer in the Championship. I know he scored a a number of goals. Um, So they are going to be a difficult proposition. I don't think that necessarily it's something that we should be um, kind of you know, guaranteed that we're through. It's going to be a tricky game, but um, I think getting that home draw is such a massive thing. I think that um, that was the number one thing that I did want to, to be playing at home. Um, but you've got to really feel confident about this draw now. You've got to feel as though this is really a big chance, I suppose, to go and win that trophy. And, um, you know, I want to go and see us play our strongest side again. I want to see Harry Kane play and I want to see Hugo Lloris in the next round. I really want to see us go for this now because we desperately need that trophy. Um, and, and Lee McQueen's definitely very happy about the draw. 
Mate, Ladies absolutely banging draw. Come on. Listeners, <laughs> talk to me. Happy Merry Christmas, everybody. Absolutely amazing draw. Don't even go start giving it large that Brentford is going to be tricky. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Brentford is a semi-final. But we're at home to a championship side. We are going to go to the final. Absolutely brilliant. We play Leeds at 12.30 kickoff on Saturday, the 2nd of January. Um, follow, uh, the game before that, two days before that, we play Fulham at home at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And then week commencing the 4th of January, we now play a home tie in the semi-final, one-leg semi-final against Brentford. I mean, literally, that is a dream. Thank you, Santa Claus. That's my Christmas sorted. Absolutely brilliant. Marvelous. What I would Marvelous. say, what I would say, just quickly, Craig, is if, if, if I may, is I've done some proper blue, blue, uh, blue book stats here on League Cup semi-finals. No, we <laughs> love the blue book. And, it's, and it, it, it is not good reading, as everybody knows. And this is where kind of my feet come a little bit on the ground a bit more. But, you know, what a brilliant draw. Well done. Thank you, Darren Bent, um, for, for, for pulling them balls out of the pot. Um, League Cup semi-finals. I'll go back to the last, uh, the last time we won uh, 1999. I don't think Jamie was born then. Uh, but uh, we, we won a League Cup final uh, with an extra time goal from the wonderful... Alan Nielsen, do you remember? Um, and uh, we beat Leicester City 1-0, right? So that was March 1999. Since then, um, we've, we've played loads of games in the Cup and ain't won and uh, gone anything. But I'll just talk about the League Cup semi-finals, right? So uh, we get to League Cup final in, in uh, 2002. So for, uh, a couple of years after that, we lose to Blackburn Rovers, right? Graham Souness was the manager at the time. We lost 2-1. Couldn't believe it. Um, uh, all the way down to League Cup semi-final. Uh, this one hurt. January 2007. Uh, um, League Cup semi-final against Arsenal. Drew 2-2 at their place. Went back to our place. They beat us 3-1. Awful. So we lost there again. So we've now lost a final and a semi-final on, on the road. Okay. Fantastic. We won the League Cup. Obviously, as we all know, the last time we won the League Cup in uh, 2008 with a 2-1 win over Chelsea. We got to League Cup semi-final um, in 2000... Uh, sorry, League Cup final in 2009. A drab 0-0 draw, if you all remember, um, against Manchester United and we lost it on penalties. Um, we got to the League Cup semi-final in... Um, again, excuse me, League Cup final in 2015. Uh, under Potticino, Chelsea, and we lost 2-0. Lost that final as well. Um, and then we got a League Cup semi-final um, against Chelsea last season, uh, 2019. And uh, and we lost um, uh, to a... Um, uh, 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 it, was a it was an on-aggregate we'd have won, but they changed the rules to a non-aggregate situation, and then we <laughs> lost. I mean, you literally could not... Is it just follows Tottenham around, right? The, this kind of bad luck or whatever it might be. Uh, nonetheless, we lost the semi-final. And then this year, we're in the semi-final against Brentford. Amazing. So we've got, we've got, wow. we've got form. We've got, I, know, I, know, I know there's quite a lot of information there, but we've got form. And I just wow. back that also up with a horrible stat that no one will hear. We've lost our last seven semi-finals in the FA Cup, right? So our Cup semi-final uh, record is... Is woeful, really, if, if you think about it. But we've got a decent cut record and getting to finals. Hopefully, our mentality will have changed now so that Jose can get us over the line. What do you think, lads? You just think this is different for Spurs. I think this is a manager now that you really do trust to go and win these one-off games. You know, we've seen Liverpool... I remember the Champions League final. I think Liverpool set up in a way that they never really usually play. 
Um, they, the Spurs had much less possession. Uh, Spurs had much more possession than Liverpool did. We had much more shots. But Liverpool set up in a way to win the uh, win the match. And there's been plenty of occasions where Spurs haven't known how to win these 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 big games. And you really feel with Jose Mourinho, he's a manager who knows how to win these semi-finals, these finals, these one-off matches. And um, so you've got to feel that we are in a good place now to kind of really go and change uh, the way we have been in those semi-finals. So, uh, you know, you've got to say we are definitely confident now. It's happening. It is definitely happening. I'll tell you what, we all talk about the Tottenham players and the mentality. I think all of us Spurs fans need to have the change in mentality and actually start believing that the trophies are coming because Daniel Levy wouldn't have made that very important um, you know, change of uh, sacking Maurizio Pochettino and bringing in Jose Mourinho if he didn't want um, you know, the transformation of trophies coming in because you know, Jose Mourinho is the man. You know, many people will criticise the way he plays, um, you know, defensive style, etc. Um, but he gets teams over that line. And that is so important. You know, he will get us over that line. You know, the one-off game at home against Brentford, I'm sure that we will win that. And whoever we face in the final, Manchester City or Manchester United, um, you know, we've, we've beaten both of them. So, you know, we've got nothing to fear. Um, it is definitely happening. The trophies are coming. Nothing to fear, but fear itself. And there's a stat for you, Mr. McQueen, for your blue book. We haven't lost a semi-final under Jose Mourinho. We, <laughs> all them others, we haven't lost one under him. So Beautifully put. Draw a line in the book and, and turn the page, a fresh page. That's it. So, same uh, with Winksy earlier, right? It's same as Winksy. Draw, draw, draw the page, draw a line, turn the page. Crack on. What, what's quite interesting, right? So, uh, obviously, we've got a massive game, which I'm sure we're going to get into on the, um, uh, on the 27th against Wolves. But then after that, the, the, the fixtures around the Christmas period and New Year period, they go like this. Tottenham Hotspur versus Fulham, three days later on the Wednesday. And the three days later, it's Tottenham Hotspur versus Leeds, right? And then, uh, and then three days later, four days later, potentially, Tottenham Hotspur versus Brentford. And then three days later, um, or, or four days later, depending on when that, that tie is played, we have Marine away in the FA Cup. That's four fixtures. So the next five Tottenham fixtures, four of them are at home, um, uh, three of them are at home. So, you know, that's, that gives us, some, uh, you know, one of them could get us into a cup final. So, we, you know, that's, it's around the corner. Like it's, it could be a fantastic 2021, couldn't it, guys and, and listeners? Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. And you've got to keep a positive frame of mind on that. But listen, matters at hand before all that, the excitement of that just going into 2021. Blimey, who would have said excitement going into 2021 after the year of 2020? But on the football front, there is. We're going to take a very short break, uh, bringing some previews of the upcoming game versus Wolverhampton Wanderers and uh, we'll chip in our own two bobs worth on that as well and see where we are as a panel and what we think that lies ahead uh, for us in that game and finish it all up with a little bonus quiz as well because we've got to win and we're off to Wembley come on Tottenham we've got to do it be back after the break Jose well done I mean a pretty much complete performance tonight I thought yeah, uh, in the first half, I, I, I don't remember them having a corner, a shot. Uh, we were totally in control, but uh, not intense enough to kill, to kill the game. 
Um, in the second half, their goal was um, a transition from a ball that we lost. Um, a ball that could end in 2-0, uh, we lose it, and then in, in the transition they, they score. And from there, the game is open, because of course the draw would be a, a good result for them uh, to, to take the game to the, gam the gambling of the penalties, and not a good result for us, of course. But I believe that um, the boys did, did okay, and uh, Lamela Musa, when they come on, they put uh, some more uh, intensity, some more dynamic, uh, both uh, with the ball and also without the ball. We pressed much faster and much higher. So the second goal come. I believe that Sony goal with VAR would be also would be also legal. They are a team of uh, of giants, uh, really. Um, that out of nothing they can put a ball in the box and they have a corner, a lateral free kick and, and create you situations. We managed to, to keep them very far from these situations for the majority of the of the time. But of course the risk would be always there and the uh, and the three one kill the game. Okay, with Ben at Stoke. Ben, what a goal that was. Yeah, I had one a couple of minutes before I tried to play into Harry in the second one. I just thought, why not? And uh, yeah, it was nice to see it nestling in the corner. Look, you know, it was pretty, apart from their goal, it was pretty much a comprehensive away performance as you can get in a cup quarter final here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, the conditions were really tough tonight. Um, it, was, it was a hard game. They set up to just limit us, really. And to be honest, we didn't create as much as we'd like to in the game, but. We felt in control, and once we went ahead, we felt pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, their their goal was their first attempt, yeah. not on target, but first attempt, full stop. Yeah, and to be honest, they they set up to play like that, and um, it was a sloppy goal to concede. So, you can't really take much away from their game plan. I think they came here when when you know it's ninety minutes and you get a penalty shootout. I that's probably how I would have set up if I was them as well. So. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, we're delighted. We just got over the line. And looking forward to the ones that come up. It, it felt like a win we needed, mate. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a resilient group. We've really been fighting, but we didn't want to go on a run where we haven't won for four games. So it was a proper performance. Everybody worked hard and uh, did the job tonight. Hi guys, my name is Dave from the Wolves fan channel, Talking Wolves. Just giving my thoughts ahead of the game between Spurs and Wolves uh, on the 27th of December. You know, Wolves at the moment, we just don't know what to expect. It's been a strange old season. I'm sure for most teams it's been strange really with the, the lack of preparation before the start of the campaign. For most teams, of course, Wolves being in Europe quite late last season as well meant that that window was even smaller and add the international break into that. Pre-season was almost non-existent for Wolves, so I really didn't know what to expect this season. We kicked off with a great win against Sheffield United, um, but it's been a, a bit like a roller coaster. We've had our ups and then we have big downs as well. Um, we lost out to West Ham 4-0, Liverpool have smashed us this season, but then we've beaten Chelsea and Arsenal. So I've got to say the morale is kind of down, especially in the fan base at the moment. Um, fans aren't too happy with how it's going. Um for me personally, I think the sort of first two seasons of us coming back into the Premier League and the fact that we've got two seventh place finishes and a quarter final finish in the Europa League, a lot of fans, I think, are, are now expecting that. I think Wolves have set the standard for themselves and uh, a lot of fans are now going into every season thinking that we should be aiming for top seven or higher. And with the circumstances this season where 
a lot of teams are, you know, not probably playing to their full capabilities. You've got the likes of Arsenal obviously struggling. Um, some of the big teams dropping points. I think uh, Wolves fans are looking at the likes of Villa and the likes of Everton who are and Leicester who are higher than us in the table and thinking that should be us. We've got the quality to, to compete with those. So, yeah, at the moment, morale is all over the place for Wolves and, and the fans really. And uh, I'm just hoping that um, we can, you know, we've got Spurs and United coming up. Um, I'm just hoping that we can get something out of at least one of those games because at the moment it's it's pretty toxic on social media with Wolves fans and uh, it, it's get probably getting to the point where three or four more bad results and there's going to be a lot more people questioning Nuno's position, which is absolutely, in my opinion, crazy. But uh, look, we, we lost out most recently uh, to Burnley, lost two goals to one. And I think everybody, I think the reason everyone is upset is because we should have won that game, really. Uh, bef you know, before kickoff, I'm not saying our performance warranted a win, but on paper, you you probably say Wall should have won that game. And um, and we needed to, really, ahead of games against two of the best teams in the league, in Spurs and Manchester United. So the fact that we lost that, fans aren't happy about that. Um, but in terms of performance, we just weren't fantastic. It's obvious that we're missing uh, the big man, Raul Jimenez, up front. We, we relied on him a lot. Uh, for hold-up play and goals. Uh, we've still got Johnny injured at the moment, obviously, with the sales of Doc to you guys and uh, Diego Jota to Liverpool. We haven't really added that quality um, that I think fans would are demanding and expecting, really. And it's not quite gone to plan for Nuno so far this season. And I, I just don't think we know our best system as it stands with the current players that we've got. And we don't know how to get the best out of our players. But um, in terms of formation, I think Nuno will probably stick with his back five again. We've we've seen Wolves go with a back four. It's worked okay in some games and not so well in others. But I expect him to... I'd, I'd line up in a similar way to how we did against Chelsea, to be honest. Um, a 5-2-3. Uh, uh, I'd see Patricio starting in goal. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd reintroduce Marcel at left wing back, who was pretty solid uh, before he was dropped for the Burnley game. And... Um, Right wing back um, will be Samedo again. Cody will be in there. Sace. And I'd probably, for me personally, I'd probably go with Bolly um, in there with him. Neves and Matinho at the moment. I just don't know. Well, I don't know what's going on with Neves, if I'm honest. I think we'll start Matinho and either Dendonka or Otisawi in the middle of the park. And then Pedenza Neto uh, in that team with either Fabio Silva or Adama Traore. Um, again, Adama Traore, we just don't know what's going on with him at the moment. I'm not getting consistent minutes, but um, at the same time, apparently there's a couple of things going on behind the scenes. So it's going to be a really interesting January, I think, for for a couple of players at Wolves um, as well. But overall, strange, strange times. And uh, I am hoping that Wolves can bounce back and get a win. I always like to bat, uh, to bat Wolves, but um, in this game, you know, we, we tend to have some cracking games against Spurs. We have done over the last couple of years. Plenty of goals, plenty of excitement. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Um, Spurs are a little bit fragile at the moment. I still think they're better than Wolves in terms of quality and, and so on, but uh, both teams are fragile um, and I think whoever gets first blood has got a big advantage in, in this game, but I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Hi guys, it's Stu from the Wolves Fancast here. Um, normally this would be relatively straightforward trying to predict what the lineup and formation would be but Nuno this season's gone a bit more experimental out of nowhere really um, when Cody was out we changed to a back four which we hadn't done for over three years and never under him in a kind of in a way to get more attacking flair on the pitch and create more goals but 
it didn't really work. So we went back to tried and trusted and against Chelsea, we played well and we contained them and we hit them on the break and we did the Wolves thing, which we've been kind of really good at in the last few years. But then you had the absolute debacle against Burnley the other night and it completely failed. But what Nuno was thinking of, who knows? I mean, he started with a young, inexperienced kid who'd made one, two subs appearances for us, one, one in the Premier League. A defensive midfielder who's relatively inexperienced other than playing one game for America and he played him kind of like a, a false nine but up front a lot of the time as well it was really really weird yet we've got a 35 million pound kid on the bench who again he's equally as inexperienced in the Premier League terms but has scored in Portugal and is a striker it was just very strange and you have we have got Pedence and Neto wide, which is why Adama Traore is not playing at the minute. So I presume that they will start again. But we just look like we've got no goal threat whatsoever. Compared to the team that won at the Tottenham Stadium last season, this is nothing like that Wolves whatsoever at the minute. It's very it's very disjointed, it's very it's a kilter in a way. So and if I was a betting man I'd go with a, a usual back five. With, I think you had the better deal overall with uh, Sonny Matt Doherty because Samedo isn't bad for any stretch of the uh, imagination, but he's not. He's nowhere near as good as Matt Doherty was for us at right wing back. Um, left wing back, you've got we've we've kind of flitted between a young French kid called like Nuri and um, a vastly experienced Marcel, who I'd prefer to play, and I think he will play against you a lot just for his experience more than anything else. And then Cody always plays, so he's in the middle. And then you flanked with either Sace and Kilman or Sace and Bowley, it seems, at the mini. Then it, it, midfield's the tricky one because Owen Ottesawi, the American kid who I mentioned earlier, his natural position is midfield. And against Chelsea, he played well when he came on at half-time for Dendonka. So I wouldn't be that averse to giving him a go again in his natural position with... Giammatinho or Ruben Neves, which it's kind of interchangeable because both of them have had relatively poor 12 months um, between them. And Matinho probably just on the balance of how he's done recently, would get the nod for me. So you go for a mid two of Matinho and Otisawi. And then your front three would be Podence, Neto, and Fabio Silva. I mean, he, he Thankfully, he got his goal. From the penalty spot, which again we were two 0 down at the time, but still, for an eighteen-year-old to take the ball by the horns, Steve ball by the horns, and um, step up for a penalty in the eighty-ninth minute, I think it was at the time. Fair play to him. So hopefully that's got his goal ducked out of the way, and we can kind of push on because we've turned into kind of it's not even Jekyll and Hyde; it's just a shambles at times this season. And you, you look at social media, and from the outside looking in. Talks of Nuno out and Nuno needs to change is utter madness. But as we've all experienced in the past, and Mourinho himself at other clubs, there's only a, a finite amount of time that you get to live on past glories. And for however brilliantly Nuno's done for us, and he has, no question about that, he started making really strange decisions. And when there's no real need for it, and when we go out to bases, like we did against Chelsea, like I said, we do look 
comfortable. But and I think, well, I hope that that's what we do against um, Tottenham at the weekend. But again, it's it's new now at the end of twenty twenty. So who really knows? And we're back. And a massive thank you to at Talking Walls and at WWFC Fancast for their previews of the game coming up versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. So that brings me back to you guys on the panel. Jamie, I'll start with you. Wolves, after the Leicester game, Liverpool game, yeah, we got beat, but it was a good showing in the second half. Leicester was, uh, well, let's move on. So the Wolves game, where are you with this and uh, the tactics and the setup for the game? What are you saying, Jamie? Yeah, um, look, I think it's, it's definitely got to be a game that we've got to go and aim to win. Of course, I think they're sat 11th at the moment. They've lost three of their last four. So they're certainly in kind of a position where they aren't so strong at the moment. I think if you look, obviously, they're without Jimenez um, and they just don't look quite the same team at the moment. They've been, I know they've really struggled for goals this year. I think they've scored uh, the few, some, one of the fewest goals in the league. So um, there's certainly a side there that kind of low on confidence uh, missing their star striker. So we've got to go at them, really. Um, you know, you feel as though we've definitely got more than enough quality. But um, again, it's, you know, do you go and rest Harry Kane? I think, you know, you could argue maybe he's a guy that could come off the bench. I, uh, the thing is, yes, he is obviously such a fantastic player. But again, he's human. He'll get injuries. And we, we want to try and avoid that. We need, I'd rather have Harry Kane missing maybe 45 minutes on the weekend than missing five or six games because he's done a hamstring injury. So, um, yes, it's obviously it's a very difficult situation for Jose Mourinho, but you see his performance on the weekend. I didn't think it was it wasn't great. I think it wasn't great because he he's obviously suffering from fatigue at the moment. So um, I think there might you know potentially we might see him rested, but it's going to be a very difficult situation how we manage that. But you feel with the professionals that are at the club, hopefully they'll do the right thing in terms of managing his game time. Chris, coming to you, the Wolves game. Always trip, uh, tricky in the in the past. A, a good side, but yeah, you know, as Jamie said, they don't look quite at it at the moment. And uh, but to be fair, in the league, nor do we. So, uh, what what you what's your feeling on this coming up? Yeah, always a very difficult place to go. Um, but they've played fourteen games in the Premier League so far. They've won six, they've lost six, and they've drawn two. So, been very inconsistent. They've got a goal difference of minus five. Um, but funny enough, they're only five points away from us. And they're sitting in eleventh, um, but it's their results, yeah, their nice. results, their results have been very up and down, very mixed. Because their last three, they lost one nil uh, to Villa, then beat Chelsea two one, and then of course lost two one uh, to Burnley. So their results have been very, very up and down. Um, but we all know, you know, no Premier League game isn't an easy one, and especially Wolves away. You know, they all want to be picking up points. They all want to be climbing up the Premier League table. Another very difficult game for Spurs. But, you know, when you look at Tottenham's fixture list as well, we have got two games um, to play for the rest of 2020 and then seven games in January. You know, and every game, you know, Tottenham want to win. You know, we've got two competitions, um, you know, two cup competitions, FA Cup and, uh, of course, the the League Cup as well, the semi-final. And when you look at Tottenham's next fixtures, Wolves away, Fulham at home, Leeds at home. And then, of course, now we've got the semi-final. So when we talk about leaving Harry Kane out of some of these games, we want Harry Kane to be playing in every single one of them. We want to be winning every single one of these because these next three Premier League games, you know, where we're talking about finishing in the top four or even, 
um, you know, challenging for the Premier League title. These games are very, very important to get results in. And now you've just thrown a, a semi-final in there as well. So, you know, there's a lot of competitions. There's a lot of games coming thick and fast. But, you know, hopefully Tottenham can turn it around because our Premier League form in the last three games, you know, we've only got one point out of a possible nine. So, you know, we need to turn it around and very, very quick. And, you know, hopefully we can uh, get the result on Sunday. Absolutely. Um, in the Premier League, run a form. It's not great at the moment. Are we going to do that at Wolves? Yeah, we are. Um, I fancy us. I think I, fa I fancy us at Wolves um, for, for for sure. Um, um, no, I, I fancy us at Wolves. Um, again, it's fascinating hearing Jamie and Chris talk about the fixtures and kind of what, what we've got coming up. Uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, other fixtures um, in and around us uh, a day before we play, actually, Leicester uh, and Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United have got the best away record and Leicester have got the one of the worst home records. So they're going to take points off of each other. Um, you, you then look at Arsenal versus Chelsea in years gone by. That's a ding-dong fixture, but it's probably a three-point banker for Chelsea, the way, the way Arsenal are playing at the moment. But again, nothing surprises you in football on that side of things. So they could take a couple of points off of each other. Um, and then some of the other fixtures, Liverpool got West Brom. So that's that's a banker for them. City at home to Newcastle, that's a banker for them. And obviously we've got the Wolves. So you know, we can only really concentrate on ourselves. I haven't said all of that, but you know the table will look very different before we play Wolves. I think that's the point that I'm making. So we might, we might have dropped a couple of places, right? Even from where we are now. Um, and, you know, hopefully we get away with one and we won't have dropped any. Um, and then we get, get back up into where we should be kind of in and around that, that, that second place with a lovely win at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, I think they're, they're a funny team this year because, uh, like, like some of the guys said before in the previews, uh, you know, they've been, been playing the three at the back um, and uh, like for, for most of their um, success. And then this year he's changed it. He's chopped and changed it around. Three at the back, four at the back. He's gone back to a three at the back. Um, uh, Martino was very, very lucky uh, not to get sent off uh, the other the other night, uh, which he would have been banned for our game. And, and he makes him tick, obviously, in midfield. Uh, they've lost uh, Jimenez, as we we've we've made it. Uh, I certainly made it very clear, um, you know, how I felt about that in terms of a, his fractured skull, and actually never happened in football. Um, but uh, you know, the the reality is they've lost him for that as well. Um, so look, it's. A, Big big opportunity for us um, to to go up there and uh, and to get the three points and and we need to go out there and play our full strength side. Of course, it's Premier League. I'd like to see us win nil one if I, if you know and just move on. I don't care. Part the bus and get one nil victory. But in fairness, what I'd like to us to see is go and have a go at them because I think we've got the quality and I think it, I think that. The reason why we look fatigued at the moment is because we're playing a lot without the ball, and I think that's that's hurting hurting our our fatigue, our fitness. Uh, I think if it's easier when you've got the ball, and I'd, I'd like to get some um, some confidence back into our players um, in the league. So go up, start on the front foot, start start well, and um, and get the three points. We've absolutely got the quality to do it and get back on track, and, and that's what I think we need to do, Crackers. Chris, for you. Let me just say as well that on Sunday, going into this game against Wolves, Tottenham could be in ninth place before this game. You know, if, if the Ouch. results don't don't go our way at the weekend. You know, we're currently in sixth. You think a week or so ago, we were first in the Premier League. We were top, sitting there, very comfortable, you know, very happy as Tottenham fans, you know, seeing us on top of the Premier League. And we have done, you know, for a few weeks as well. 
Um, but it is definitely about the reaction now of these last three games, these last three Premier League games, only picking up that one point. A win is a must on Sunday because, you know, going into 2021, you know, we need to go, um, you know, with huge confidence. And, you know, after the, after the, the Wolves away game, you know, you look at the fixtures, Fulham at home, Leeds at home, and then you've got Aston Villa, Sheffield United, and then you've got that huge game playing Liverpool at home at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and then you've got Brighton away, and then we're at the end of January. So this is a key month. You know, at the end of January, we will know where we are. We will know exactly, um, you know, what we're fighting for. We will be Premier League contenders, you know, or will we be top four contenders? You know, we where, must where have... will we be, Chris? Well, it's a brilliant point. So, where will we be? Where do you think we'll be at the end of January? January thirty first, we play Brighton away. Three points, say if we get them. Where realistically do you think we'll be? I, I think Lee that these next three games are absolutely vital to Tottenham season. Totally I really agree. do. Totally um, agree. Wolves away, Fulham at home, Leeds at home. We need nine points out of those three games. We really, really do because 100%. we need to start climbing up that table. You know, we talk about mentality, you know, a number of times, you know, seeing us at the top of the Premier League table, Jose Mourinho would absolutely love that. You can imagine him, you know, through watching the Amazon documentary that he'd be standing there, you know, talking to every single Tottenham player saying this is exactly where we need to be. You know, we are real title contenders. He hasn't said it out publicly that we're title contenders, but he will know that we're title contenders. He will know that, you know, there's other teams that are dropping points left, right and centre. It's very, very tight. You know, you can lose a game or win a game, uh, you know, within a week, and then you could be in the top four, and then you could be suddenly down, you know, ninth or tenth place. You know, so these games are absolutely vital. Um, but at the end of January, answering your question, Lee, we, we've got to be sitting in that top four for sure. Um, you know, if we are going to be challenging for the Premier League title, you know, we need to start winning, you know, most of these matches. And, uh, of course, we've got two cup competitions as well. And then, of course, the Europa League will start in February again. And then the games will be coming thick and fast again. So, it is non-stop, but, you know, we just need to keep winning and uh, those trophies will be coming. Ah, oh, it's non-stop, as you say. It is thick and fast, non-stop. It's like every game is like a cup final from here on in, isn't it? So no pressure, uh, Tottenham up at Wolves. No pressure at all. Don't worry about it. it it's fine. Just just three points, please. But uh, no, I think we I think we can do it. I think that, that draw will would have buoyed us tonight and you know would have picked towels up and uh yeah let's go up there let's be brave let's go and get on the front foot against the team and see what we what we can do rather than this low block mid block uh, no no possession i just want to see us have a go and and i think they're right for it i really really yeah, do I, I, what's really interesting and i, I agree because that's what i just said that as well haven't i so i totally agree with you yeah. i think what what's interesting about the way we play when we get on the front foot is when you're watching the game and we've got 60% possession and we're on the front foot and we're creating more chances, you do, you obviously feel like we're in control of the football match. But Jose doesn't. He feels like that we're in control of the football match when we ain't got the football, when we're not conceding chances. That's when he feels like we're, we are in control. Mm. And, it, and it goes back to not the winning mentality bit. It goes back to the mentality of us, of us fans, of all of the listeners, getting it getting it not into our heads, but just trying to understand his way. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that 
I don't know. I understand his way fully either. I'm just trying to make light of understand, you know, just trying to make an understanding. I don't even can't get my words out because I can't understand. I can't articulate <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I think you can't uh, understand. We can't understand. I know. I know. It's he's the only one that can understand. I think the whole low block thing is that he's comfortable with letting them have in the ball because yeah. because he feels like that gives us that control to be able to go and hurt them. But but we as fans think that we're in control when we've got the football. Um, do you know what I mean? And, and, and it's an obvious thing, isn't it? Like to my, in my little brain, I kind of go: if you've got the football, you can't concede, right? If you've got the football, you can't you can't concede, right? But but ultimately, in the end, there's in them transitions and that that switchover of play and that that obviously that counter attacking football that that he likes to play. Um, the, if you look at the stats, without getting the stats book out again, but if you look at some of the matches that we've played when we have gone toe-to-toe, we've we, we've conceded goals every time. And I think yeah. that's what makes Jose really nervous. When we've low-blocked and we've shut, shot, shot up, we've ended up winning like a 1-0 or you know maybe a 2-0 or whatever, but, we've, but we haven't conceded. Now, we went five games without conceding a goal. As soon as the goal, uh, as soon as it gets opened up a bit, we get more possession. We had more possession against Leicester. We lost two 0 We had more possession against West Ham. We drew three three. We had more possession in Newcastle. We drew one all. You know, yeah, look, um, um, we had probably less possession against Southampton. I'm guessing, and we smashed them five two. We certainly had um, more possession against Manchester United, but they were down to ten men. But 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 again, it's just when you're looking at them things. But when we've had the more possession, we've, we've also conceded more chances. You know for a fact when we play Leeds, they're going to have the ball. That's how Bielsa sets his team up. He wants the team like Pochettino style. So Jose is going to set up with, we are going to absolutely counter-attack you. You know, when, when we play Fulham, you know, they're, they're probably, he'd probably let them have the ball because we, we'll be able to counter-attack them. And I think Wolves, they do love the ball, generally love the ball. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we're going to low block them, crackers, to be fair. Lee, can I, can I just give you one really good stat here? Um, Tottenham have gone um, ahead in 15 games so far this season, including tonight. And out of those 15 games, when we have taken the lead, we have won 12 of them and we have drawn three. We haven't lost when we have scored the first goal. Wow. Yeah, I mean, again, so it lends itself, doesn't it, to start fast, like a like the crazy train, start fast like a train. I often tweet this, I often say this on the WhatsApp groups, this is my belief. Get at them really quickly. Test the goalkeeper. Bang, bang. Two free tests. Three, three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes in. In 10 minutes, you should have had at least two or three shots on target. You should have peppered that goal. Have a go at them. You can have a little rest and take, take a little bit of a break for the next 10 minutes. But really go and have a go and see what they're after. You get after teams, like you just said, stats like that, Chris. If you score in the first 10 minutes, you're basically going to win the game. I mean, you know, so why not? Why, why go and sit off for the first 20? Hello, Man City. Exactly, exactly. Why, why go and sit off for like 20 minutes and, and then worry about it? And then that, that for me was the Palace pit. The, the Palace, really disappointment for Palace was we created some decent chances. You know, the Palace keeper had a couple of good saves in the first half and Dembele was a good save and all that sort of stuff. But, but you know... It, when they equalised, you could you knew they was going to equalise. Like everybody watching that football match knew that Palace were going to equalise the way that second half were going. And then once they did equalise, we stepped it up about two or three, and then we started having shots. We started causing them problems. Like, well, why didn't you do that in the beginning of the football match? That's the frustration, isn't it? And I can probably, hopefully, all of the listeners are nodding their heads and they're shouting, you know, their devices and whatever. Now going, yeah, exactly, because that's that's the frustration. It's not necessarily the 
the low block or the parking the bus or the Jose's boring because I don't think Jose is boring. I think it's the frustration of we've got the the, the players and the um the manager and the capability to go and rip teams apart. And we've shown that Southampton, we've shown that Manchester United, we've shown clinical finishing against Manchester City, for example, freeing up against West Ham. I know we blew it from a defence perspective, but, you know, we've got that, we've got that. Would, would you, you know, I suppose what it comes down to is preferential of, of what you're looking to watch or how to control a football match. Jose thinks that he can control it by... Um, uh, that 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 defensive side of things, and he's in control when when we haven't got the football. But I, I mean, that makes me nervous, doesn't it, you lads? No, oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, it does. It it really does. It's. Uh, I, I think you're right, no, Lee. I think he'll just revert to uh, to type uh, against Wolves, and uh, and we'll, we'll look to be countering again. I just think, though, they are a side that have really struggled for goals this season. They've only scored 14 goals. Now, I think that that will actually play into the low block in the fact that um, I think if you look at the goals they conceded, uh, the goals they scored against Chelsea, a lot of them were on the break and they kind of managed to catch Chelsea out. So I think that's the one area where they will score goals. I think that when we played against Arsenal, when we played against Manchester City, we saw they didn't really, neither of those teams had that cutting edge. And I think that Wolves are missing that cutting edge. So if you can kind of, be defensively flawless, then I think that Wolves are, are going to be a team that you can stop. So I can definitely see Jose Mourinho setting up in a way that will be really defensively organised. And you've also got to remember, you know, Serge Aurier, yes, obviously he's changed man. And then you look at some of the other players, Alderweireld's, um, you know, that they're still players that have ha- that got mistakes in them. And you've got to be, you've got to set them up in an organised way. Obviously our best players are the ones going forward. And, and, that, and that's why we use the kind of the, um, counter-attacks and we've got the quality, but I still think in defence, you've got to set up in a way that's going to have them in an organised manner. I think that, you know, that's the way, if you're going to allow these teams, yeah, basically you've got to make sure that this defence is organised because I still think there's maybe a lack of quality in there. So I think that's something that we need to focus on on the weekend. Just again, I know it's a little bit off script here, but we're just ch- just chatting things through. You, know, you look at Liverpool and everyone sorts of says, you know, they haven't started brilliantly and they're not having a great season. And, you know, and then, and then Jose, to be fair, brings up that he's had six years and he's had a year. And, you know, that's all relevant points. But in the last in the last seven days or 10 days or whatever it's been, we've gone from being top of the league, right, with the same amount of points of them, you know, better goal difference than them, better defence than them, whatever. They're now six points clear of us uh, in, in the league. Absolutely smashing it now on goal difference because they've eradicated their 7-2 defeat against Villa. Um, they go to uh, their next football match is against West Brom at home. So that's guaranteed three points. Uh, no offence, West Brom, but it, uh, Big Sam, whatever, but it's Anfield. Um, and then ultimately, their, their next football match after that is Newcastle away. So that's a guaranteed three points. No offence, Steve Bruce, but it is. You know, if, if there's one thing that's for sure, Liverpool are going to get maximum points out of them two fixtures. And then their third fixture is, um, is a toughie. And that's from Monday Night Football, Southampton away. So that, that's their first half. So their next two fixtures, you know, over the Christmas period, they can probably turn at 80%, 80% Liverpool team. Mm. And, and they're probably going to get another six points. So it's massively important that we beat Wolves. Huge, hugely important. We have to win. We had to beat Leicester and we messed it up. And the mentality needs to be, yeah. we need to go out there and get a reaction out of it. Got to win. Too right, too right. Stay in touch, Spurs. Stay in touch with the front runners. Get yourself back up in amongst the pack. And uh, let's see, let's see what comes from it. So uh, interesting times.
All right, so we're done. We're done talking about wolves, but we're not done with wolves yet. So uh, I'll ask you, Chris and Jamie and Lee, to because uh, we've had a little win tonight, and because we're through to the semi-final and against Brentford, and a little bit of uh, euphoria. I'm gonna roll out the uh, sorry kids for the swear the shit quiz again. Okay, so would you please all like to join me in playing? Dances with Wolves. That's Dances with Wolves is your quiz nice. for tonight. Nice. Are we, are we uh, dancing on the dance floor? <laughs> like what you've done there, Mr. McQueen. All right. So here's your rules for the quiz. I'm going to give you five names. You have to tell me if they are a dance move or a Wolverhampton Wanderers player either current or from the past. So they're a dance move or a Wolves player, hence Dances with Wolves. Oh, it, you know, it, it's all there. It's all there. Okay, are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yeah. Number one, I'm going to bring you the name Billy Beats. Billy Beats. Now, is that a 1920s form of Charleston dance or is it a right back who played for Wolves between 1886 and 1896 so Billy Beats a form of the Charleston or a player Jamie I'm coming to you first um, I'm going to go I'm going to definitely go with player because Billy sounds like a name from a long long time ago so that's what I'm going with you're going with player. Oh, okay, good stuff. Okay. Uh, Lee, I'll come to you next. Billy Beats. Was that the name of a dance or a Wolves player? Well, I've got to be honest with you. What a name. I mean, I hope that is a name of a player because it is a brilliant name, is it? Billy Beats down the right-hand side. Absolutely. Or Billy Beats on the ones and twos. Do you get me? Like a bit like DJ Amy, right? The Amy Lauren. But by the way, check out her mixes. She does the uh, game day mixes, uh, absolutely uh, banging mixes, DJ Amy. Um, so yeah, Billy Beats. Well, I'm going to go the opposite to Jamie because I want it to be a name, but I want to also get a point. So I'm going for it's a, it's a 1920s Charleston dance. Oh, good stuff. Chris, coming to you for this one. Billy Beats. Oh, if it was an... If it was in the 1920s, I would have thought that you would have called him William rather than Billy. So I'm going to go for the dance move as well. You're going for the dance move as well, yeah? Okay, righty ho. And Billy beats the right back that played between 1886 and 1896 as the player. Jamie, you've gone 1-0 up. Well done. It was indeed. Billy Beats was the right back at Wolves. Here we go. I've come out, started fast. I did what did what Lee told me to. That's it. Like a train. Oh, no low block. <laughs> no low block now from Scored Jamie. early, mate. Scored early. Let's see how it pans out for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with you first this time, Lee. I've got this quiz off down to a pat now. I'm going to, I'm going to rotate the first go here. Okay. Next up for you, uh, starting with you, Lee, is Hully Gully. Hully Gully. Now, is that a line dance performed in the Blues Brothers film, a form of a line dance, which was actually performed in the Blues Brothers film, or... Is it a left midfielder 
but never actually played in the first team for Wolves and was there between 1988 and 1989. Hully Gully. Dances Hully Gully. or Wolves? Again, what a name. Hully Gully and Billy Beats. I mean, uh, it's fantastic, but I've got to go for it being a line dance. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't believe I'm going to get this wrong. I'm useless at this game, at this quiz, but I'm going for line dance in um, uh, in that in that film in the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. Okay, good stuff, Chris. I'll come to you next. Hully Gully, line dance from the Blues Brothers, or the left midfielder that never played. The left midfielder that never played. Oh, okay, he's gone for the footballer. Righty ho, good stuff. Jamie, for yourself? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the dance for this one, I think. I'm going to go dance. You're going for the dance. Okay. Well, let me tell you that Hully Gully was indeed the line dance that they performed in the Blues Brothers film. So another one for Jamie. One for Lee, gets one back. And a second for Chris. Carolyn's having a shocker. Oh, Mr. Carlin. to the best of us, mate. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. So we're starting with you this time, Chris, for number three. There's five of these, by the way. So this is number three. Number three of five is Harvard Flow. Harvard Flow. Okay. Now, is that a university crazed dance from the US in the mid-1990s? Or... A forward that played for Wolves and had 38 games with nine goals between 1999 and 2001. So the university craze dance or a forward that played 38 games for them. Harvard flow. Chris, over to you. Dances or Wolves? I don't recall there being a Wolves player called Flow in two, between 1999 and 2001. Correct. Yes, that's what I said. Harvard flow. Yeah, let's go for the dance. You're going for the dance. Okay, righty ho, you're going for the dance. I'll come to you, Jamie, next. Harvard Flow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go for the dance because every time I feel as though you, like it's an obviously, it's like it's a, a trick, feels like it's a trick question. I'll go for the opposite and I'll get it wrong. So I'm going to go for dance this time. That's got to be a dance, surely. Okay, righty ho. And Ooh. for you, Lee, Harvard Flow, university dance. Well, I've or got a bronze with you. I, I, I was going to go for the striker, 38 game striker. But before I lock my answer in, I've got to go opposite to Jamie anyway, right? Because otherwise I can't win the quiz. Because um, if he gets this right and, you know, he's, he's got three anyway. So, got to go opposite. And I've got to go with the flow. My, my original gut feeling was Harvard Flow, um, a distant relative of Tor Andre. And uh, and, he, and he scored a few goals in his 38 appearances. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Harvard Flow, footballer. Dear, let me tell you something. This is why Mr. McQueen won The Apprentice. He has done all his homework in 10 seconds flat. He's worked out he needed a tactical goal. He's he's methodised being Andre Flow, etc., etc. Harvard Flow was indeed a player that had 38 games for Wolves and Get scored in. nine Goals. Sorry, was he, Jamie. Was he, uh, uh, is he a distant relative? A is he a distant relative of <laughs> oh, Andre Flo? Because well be. if he is, I'm getting a bonus point for that. <laughs> he could well be. And Get in now. I've equalised. This front foot stuff. See, I'm coming back as a Jose. Do you know what I mean? This uh, <laughs> this pragmatic approach. 2-2 two, two now. 
And Chris, you've put one back there as well. Well done. Oh, hang on. No, that's three in a row, isn't it, Chris? Three <laughs> in a Chris row. Chris a shocker. Oh, no. Okay. I wasn't right. anything. J- Jamie's face just gave it away there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't have said Thanks, anything. That would have this been the third a- red card, wouldn't it? This is a very serious <laughs> quiz that I'm taking very seriously. I'm rather than <laughs> All right, number four, settle down. Who we uh we're back to you, Jamie, aren't we, for this one? Okay. Number four is Bat Batusi. Batusi. B-A-T-U-S-I. Batusi. Now, is it a go-go dance as performed in the Batman and uh, uh pulp fiction? It's the making of these with your fingers across the eyes, okay? A go-go dance that you saw in Pulp Fiction and in the 60s Batman, okay? Or is it a Portuguese central defender currently still with his parent club, Gil Vicente, in League Two of Portugal? So it's either a go-go dance or a Portuguese central defender still at his parent club, Gil Vicente in League Two. What do you oh, say, Jamie? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for the defender. I'm going to go for the Wolves player, definitely, for me. So I'm going to go with... OK, righty-o. He's a Portuguese player, still at his parent club. For you, Batusi, uh, Lee McQueen. Batusi. The go-go dance. Does, or the it does, Portuguese like a, It's got a bit of the Batatusi. I mean, Batusi. I'm going to go with a defender still at his parent club because it don't matter because Callan's had a shocker and I could just tie up with Jamie. I'm not 100% sure on this answer. <laughs> so I'm going to take it to the last question. So I'm going with a defender still at his parent club. Okay. Okay. Chris, is it the go-go dance from Batman and Pulp Fiction or is it indeed the Portuguese prospect? Yeah, it's got to be the dance. 100%. Gotta be the dance. Okay, righty ho. The Batusi. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I did say it was from Batman. Of course, it is the dance. It is a dance. It's the go go dance that was in Batman of the 60s and in Pulp Fiction. Chris well Cowling gets it off the mark. Yes, Mr. Cowling's there and an X and an X. So we go into the last question. <laughs> We could end up with a three-way tie here, yeah? Exciting stuff. All right, here we go. Number five, and it's starting with you, Lee. I'm going to bring you the name Pongo Waring. Pongo Waring, okay? So is that a Peruvian fertility dance performed by the village elders? A Peruvian fertility dance performed by the village elders? Or a four? Forward, who was born in 1906 and played uh, in 1936 and had 10 games and three goals. Pongo wearing, Pongo wearing. Where are I you? Mem- on I remember. The, I remember Wolves? this guy. I remember this guy. My, my dad's a Wolves fan, and um, I remember. I remember this guy. He played for him. Played for Wolves. I remember. I remember this guy. Pongo wearing. He was. Um, he was a slight little fella, um, but he was good. At, good on the ball. I'm going for Pongo Waring um, is the, I mean, obviously I'm making it up, but I don't remember that whatsoever. It's a total <laughs> guess. Oh man, I should have taken the other one. Now the pressure's on. 
Okay, this is to win. I'm going for Pongo Waring, 1936. He was a footballer. Come on, Pongo. Talk footballer. to me. Okay, okay. A uh, little bit of poker bluff there as well from Lee at the start. Uh, Chris, I'll come to you. Pongo Waring, the Peruvian fertility dance, or the forward that played in 1936. Ten games and three goals. Yeah, the 1936 legend footballer. Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay, right, you are. Jamie, Jamie, do you go with them for a bit of safety or are you going to go neck out and see if you can nick the win? Front foot, Jamie, front foot. No, I've got to go front foot, mate. I've got to go for the win here. Um, I mean, I have to admit, Lee totally had me. I was totally convinced that Lee knew who the player was. So I was was a little bit worried there that I might not go for the win, uh, you know, I'm confident that that was definitely a dance. So I'm going to go for dance, final answer. Here we go. Here we go. That's, a, that's the dance, the Peruvian fertility dance. Okay. Pongo Waring. What a player he was in 1936. Get He's in there. a poster player. Oh, Mr. Carlin pulls it out of the fire to get back to two. But Lee, with three... And Jamie with two, well done. Trophies are coming, baby. Chris, but Lee, (laughs) well done. Jamie, Jamie, you had it in the bag. Told you. Jamie, my my dad, my dad, mate, he loves Wolverhampton Wanderers. I told you I knew Pongo where he was. This was all about reverse psychology. I got under your skin like Jose Mourinho and Jurgen Klopp. Done you there, buddy. That front foot, how's that front foot football working for you, bud? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. No blocked by Mr. McQueen. Unbelievable. Get in there. there. What a win that was. A proper Jose win that. (laughs) All right. So, listen, I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. A bit of nonsense at the end and lighten lighten the mood. And, uh, yes, so all that leaves me to do is to thank uh, Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie, for your input this evening. Super stuff as always. Yeah, no, my pleasure, of course. And uh, yeah, really, really happy with uh, the result tonight. Really happy with the draw. Um, and then really looking forward to the weekend's game. I'm, we definitely need a big response. We said it's a huge game for us. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. And come on, you Spurs. Mr. McQueen, gracias, senor. Bien trabajo. Well done. Good stuff. Uh, what I would say is uh, a, a massive thank you to all of the all of the listeners for putting up with uh, with us and uh, and certainly my waffling on and my stats book and crazy train. You know, you know my personality by now. It's a bit of fun and whatever. And I just want to wish you a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. It's been an absolute stinking year, 2020, for everybody on this planet. Uh, now going back into tier four and probably going to be a national lockdown and all that sort of stuff. And I know Crackers, you're out in London, what is slightly different, but it's still been a very, very tough year for everyone that should be around their families and around their, their loved ones. And, and they can't get around them. This, you know, if you know somebody, if somebody's going to be on their own, as, as Crackers said a couple of couple of weeks ago, see if you can drop them a message or just give them a phone call or, you know, look, it is a bit doom and gloom. Get on Zoom, get on Teams, you know, you get do some virtual parties. You know, it's not all doom and gloom in that way if you can. So, look, make the best of what you can. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Um, and uh, and I'll be back. Unfortunately for you lot listening, I'll be back with my dulcet tones uh, with the rest of the guys uh, to preview, uh, to, to wash up the wolves. And hopefully it'll be a fantastic win. So merry, merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you again for listening. Well said. And finally, coming to you, Mr. Carlin, 
uh, a Merry Christmas to you, sir. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Lovely to talk to you all tonight. And uh, just to echo what Lee said, you know, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. You know, it's been uh, it's been a very difficult and challenging year for all of us. Um, but, you know, thankfully, Tottenham have uh, turned it around and hopefully the trophies are coming in 2021. Super stuff. Let's hope there's a nice, big, shiny one wrapped up under the tree for Jose Mourinho. Hey, and just to echo... Uh, all the other guys' uh, thoughts and words there. Listen, do have a great Christmas day. It's been a crazy, crazy old year, as they have said. And uh, if you're with the people you, you love or you can reach out to them in some way, then do so. And uh, just listen, have a great day. Have a day off from 2020 and make it Christmas Day, wouldn't you? So, uh, but like, like I said as well, we'll be back after the Wolves game. We're here all over Christmas and the new year, wherever you are in the world. Feliz Navidad, Merry Christmas. But one thing we can all say in one language is come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.